The Max Level Podcast for July 15th, 2019 is brought to you by Level Down Games. Check us out over at leveldowngames.com for the latest reviews and brand new episodes of both Max Level, a video game podcast every Monday, and BG Mania, a video game music podcast every Wednesday. The following episode has been paid for by the New World Order. Wait a second. No, it hasn't. This is Max Level. This is Level Down Games. Fuck the Oscars, you know? Fuck the Oscars! Fuck you! I'll tell you! I'm just like, this is bullshit! If the whole world tell me your game is shit, I'll tell them, no, it's not. I, that's how much I believe in it. Okay. All right? What I'm saying is this. All publishers fuck up sometimes, you know? Yeah. That's how it is. We all know Mrs. Buttersworth, right? Valued member of the Max Level team. I was gonna say that's your uh, that's that's your rabbit there, dude. Yeah, that's the Buns, right? Buns has come to an age where you know she has matured and uh, life is blossoming. Uh-oh. Is okay? it the circle of life? No, no, no. Okay. It's better. It's better. Okay. So she came to us the other day, and you know, as parents, we try to be very accepting and loving, no matter what our what our Buns likes to do. And uh, Buns came up to us and said, "You know, I just feel like I identify more with being a male." You know, Uh-oh. and we we did, we did not believe, okay, <laughs> but the vet confirmed Mrs. Buttersworth is actually Mr. Buttersworth. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Buttersworth. What a great name for a rabbit. <laughs> so instead of the spay that we scheduled, it's now a neuter. <laughs> and I think it's like 50 bucks cheaper. So, hey, yo. So is it is rab- are, are rabbits like, are they hard to tell? Apparently, until their balls drop. Gotcha. It's hard to tell. Yeah. And then okay. here's the here's the best part. I told my wife, I was like, you know, it must be really hard to have such a small wee wee that no one can tell what you are. It's like being five foot tall on a dating site. <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh. You are not God, my father or my boss. <laughs> well, after after uh, he gets fixed, you might as well just go back to calling him Mrs. Buttersworth. It doesn't matter at that point anyways. But if he didn't know, this is Max Level. <laughs> A weekly video game podcast brought to you by Level Down Games. For those just joining us, welcome home. Max Level is a breakfast powwow between four friends wrapped up in an all-purpose gaming show. On today's episode, we will be discussing a new Easter egg found in Breath of the Wild. Also, we'll have some talk on Dr. Mario World, Sea of Solitude, and of course, Super Mario Maker 2, as we are still deep into that game here at Level Down Games. Also, We'll have some fun things on the Nintendo Switch Lite, which did just get confirmed this past week. And I uh, I think that we're excited for that here, but I'm curious to know kind of what you guys think of that when we get into it a little bit later in the show. I'm your host, Brian, and joining us this week, we have Frank. Somewhere. There he is. I'm sorry, guys. I I got some ring rust on. I haven't even taken a bump yet today, but uh, I was was waiting for it. Waiting for the old sound cue. No, there's Frank. You get him there. Next up in the booth, in case he forgets to do his job, it's Sean. Hey, welcome back. Yeah, he's back back, from a uh, two week vacation. Uh, hope you had fun gallivanting across the country. I, I really actually forget where you were. So, the beach? The water? Somewhere. You were somewhere. I was, in, I was in the great island state of Hawaii. There you go. Yeah, you were uh, surrounded by beaches and, and water. So uh, Yeah, there were I a hope, lot of them. Hope you had fun. 
And of course, we have Kyle. Good morning. I was waiting for you to greet everyone individually like you did the last Good two weeks. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Sean. Good morning, Frank. <laughs> good morning, Kyle. See, Sean didn't get the uh, good morning last week, so kind of felt left out. I wanted it. Y- you guys don't understand. I've known Kyle for over half my life. I like Two my good mornings. Of your life. We, we met when we were 11. We turned 33 this year, so. You are so old. You guys get to join me in the 33 club, and eventually we'll catch up to Frank somewhere in the 40s. Uh, the I'm not 40 33. Oh, rip, yeah. <laughs> I'm not 40 yet, nor will I ever get to 40, okay? Yeah, you'll probably die sometime this year. That, that's the plan. Special shout out to Dance with the Dead Vlog and Steve's their music for our content. Everyone absolutely needs to go check these guys out and support their music. They can be found on Bandcamp, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, pretty much everywhere. Check them out. You will not be disappointed. Don't forget Whoa. to head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever listening to us. Leave that five-star rating and a review so we continue to climb the charts in terms of search results. So I want to start this week. I saw a story over on GameSpot over the past couple days. It was actually posted on July 9th. And a new Easter egg has been found. I put a link to it so you guys can actually see it as we're talking about uh, about it. I don't know what I was trying to say there. But a new Easter egg has been found in Breath of the Wild that kind of maybe points to a clue to where Breath of the Wild takes place in the timeline. Or it's just more of the same with Breath of the Wild in that it includes Easter eggs from all the Zelda games. It's one of the two. But if you watch the actual video that Game Explain actually recorded, and they have it linked in their article there, if you go to Lorellan Village, which is an area that you can go to in Breath of the Wild, it is identical to Outset Island from The Wind Waker. So much so that all the buildings are the same, all of the trees are the same, and you can literally do everything you could do there in The Wind Waker. And they actually, it's kind of cool because in the video, they overlay it side by side to where you can actually see link doing some of the same things and this is the first time that somebody's noticed this is legit the same area from the wind waker in breath of the wild so there's the fire the fairy forest is there everything is there from the wind waker's outset island the fairy forest wasn't in that was at the top of outset island right Mm -hmm. so if you look in the video there is a mountain there if you i'm right around like the minute 10 mark of the video there's he's like standing on top of the after climbing the tower on the actual dock. He's looking at the actual mountain. There's trees up there. I don't know that that's actually the fairy forest, but it's meant to assume that it is. It's probably not, but it's meant to look like it. That's cool. Yeah. So do you guys think that maybe this is a clue that Breath of the Wild actually takes place in the adult link timeline where the Wind Waker And eventually Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks take place. Or do you guys think it's more of the same that Breath of the Wild is combining all the timelines at the end? I I really do think it's an amalgamation of everything that they've done, right? I sort of hope that's the case because I would like to see some sort of unification between all of the timelines. I know we are getting a sequel to Breath of the Wild, which is kind of why I wanted to bring this up because I have been looking more into... Zelda again lately. Obviously, we have Link's Awakening coming in September, but part of me has been wanting to get back and and play Breath of the Wild again and and probably not through the entire story, but I never did finish the Champion's Ballad DLC. 
I still have several things to do in there. And there's actually still several things that I know I need to get back and actually do for side quests in Breath of the Wild because I finished the main story, but there's a lot of content still there left to consume. So whenever I have some time, I might actually fire that back up and, and play it some more. You know what? I, I didn't do it either. So maybe we'll have to just party together. Oh, that'd be fun. It kind of like to do it in conjunction and we can actually discuss it on the show maybe one week because I think there's still things that are important for Breath of the Wild, especially now that we have that sequel announced. And maybe the sequel is where we'll get a better indication of not only the timeline of Breath of the Wild and its sequel, but maybe some other things as well. I'd like to go back and play it before the sequel just comes out like I don't just know if get playing like a it right now. Yeah, I don't I don't know if playing it right now would really be like beneficial. But if you play it like maybe six months before it comes out, that gives you enough time to really like do all of it and then process. Just barely enough time. <laughs> yeah, that's probably when I would play the DLC as well is probably right before Breath of the Wild 2 actually comes out because it would give us some sort of a, a little bit of a refresher. And I think that'd be fun. All right. Let's do it. Let's not pretend that the timeline to Zelda makes any sort of real logical sense anyways. I mean, they it, it is kind of just mishmash thrown together to to appease the fans. There is a little bit of continuity between some of the games. But it's not like I mean, you know what I mean? You get what I'm saying? The, the, the timeline is not a, a really cohesive narrative between one game to the next so if this does point to wind waker being in the timeline of you know after adult link of ocarina of time and then after wind waker i mean that's fine otherwise it's just kind of maybe an easter egg i don't know i i don't think it really matters either way i do want to say though that after watching the video i'm blown away that i didn't notice this like it's very obvious it is. Is it not like it's I now it's beautiful in Breath of the Wild. So it does. It's more HD and it obviously with the Wind Waker, we're used to the cell shaded style of graphics, but it's it's so noticeable. And I didn't notice it either. <laughs> but the, the house that's up on the, the raised platform by the there's sticks, you know, that's raised the platform up and then you turn around and there's the the ladder that goes up to a overlook platform that you can see kind of the whole village. I mean, it's very, very obvious that it's outside island. I have no idea how I didn't notice that before. Like, I'm kind of disappointed in myself now. Yeah, as as am I and myself, because the I'm Wind Waker also disappointed is in both of you. <laughs> <laughs> the Wind Waker Sorry, is Dad. one of my favorite Zelda games of all time. Like, it's not my favorite, but it's in the top. I, I could maybe rank it personally as number three, probably not overall as number three. But personally, it's the one I've enjoyed at number three. For me, it's Ocarina of Time, Link to the Past, and then probably Wind Waker. What would you rank as overall number three? Overall number three, potentially Breath of the Wild. Okay, fair enough. I was about to say, yeah, I forgot about Breath of the Wild, even though we're talking about it. But no, I, I, that's a good list. <laughs> <laughs> I, st I still think overall, and, and we actually did put this in our Zelda ranking video, which will get updated eventually, probably after Breath of the Wild 2, now that it's been confirmed and the Link's Awakening remake, because I do think maybe that'll change some things about Link's Awakening's placement, because it, it is a full remake. But Ocarina Time, Link to the Past, Breath of the Wild is how we ranked it in our actual ranking video. We ranked it wrong. Well, <laughs> it's controversial. It's it's literally split down the middle of everyone that thinks Link to the Past should be number one and everyone that thinks Ocarina of Time should be number one. It is split right down the middle. If you look at our comments, that's that's pretty much what it is. And, and that's kind of what I like, because 
it's 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 all personal opinion and varying, but we were able to come to an agreement, which is nice, at least. I don't know. But yeah, we'll, we'll be a talking compromise rather a compromise. Exactly. <laughs> but we'll be talking more Zelda here in the near future on the Maxwell podcast on the Lowdown games, because we are about two months away from Link's Awakenings remake coming out and. We're going to be hopefully getting some information on Breath of the Wild 2 maybe later this year, maybe next year, probably next year, if not later this year. So we'll have more to say soon. But let's jump into some games we've been actually spending some time with over the past week. Ooh. I know we haven't actually played Breath of the Wild, but I think all four of us have been playing a ton of Dr. Mario World. Let's go. You're dang right, Brian. Heck yes. Yeah, this is a fantastic mobile game. Uh, potentially my favorite that Nintendo has put out to date. I, I do think I like this more than Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, which was my favorite before this one. But I'm having so much fun. I actually, surprisingly, this besides World of Warcraft, which I've been sucked back into, but we won't really be discussing today, though I did get my character raid ready already. This is the game I've been spending the most time with this week. And I know, Sean, that's kind of the same for you. And that's a little bit surprising because for the most part here on the show, we aren't really mobile gamers. Well, not only that, but Sean's a big loser and doesn't play a whole lot of games anymore. So well, that's true. That. Sean, Sean, you could have just said, you could have stopped that Sean's a big loser and we would have been like, yeah, it's probably true. <laughs> How dare you, Brian? <laughs> you know what, Sean, man? Sean, Sean is the lifeblood of this podcast. You're dang right. I am the glue that holds it together. Yeah, it's so nice to have his voice back because, man, like I said, we just got to kick Frank off the show and we'd have a stellar episode each and every week. I would love that. I would absolutely love that. I think Frank's the spice of life, man. Without it, it would be bland. I'm like cilantro. Yeah. <laughs> everybody or everybody orders their food without it. <laughs> oh, I love cilantro, but it is divisive. Frank's like guac. Everyone, everyone just likes to sprinkle a little on top. <laughs> so, Sean, what are you thinking on Dr. Mario World? It's freaking addicting, dude. Like what? I can't even imagine if you showed me screen caps of the game and then told me about it. I'd be like, yeah, maybe. But when you're actually playing it, it just you can't stop. You know, there's no such thing as oh, I'll just play one level. Like once you beat one, you're like, all right, on to the next one. And before you realize that you did it, you're like, oh, I'm I'm already playing. Like, I guess I might as well keep playing. And that's it's actually something weird. worth mentioning with a mobile game, because usually it's gated to where you can only do a set number of things before you have to refill your hearts or refill your energy or things like that. And that is true with Dr. Mario World. That is totally true. But Nintendo is is very lenient and generous in the way that they allow you to keep playing. So each time you finish a stage, which each thing is called, each like level is called a stage in Dr. Mario World, each time you finish one, they refund your heart if you actually finish it. You only lose the heart if you fail to complete the objective of each stage before you run out of either time if you're doing the bonus stages or the capsules if you're doing the normal stages. You get to keep your yeah, hearts regardless. Yeah. And I think I've never tried this because I always have hearts available when I play. I think if you and I know you guys probably have no idea because I don't think any. Well, actually, Kyle, you've been playing versus mode. If you have zero hearts, I think you could still play versus mode. I think so, too. I haven't tried to play it with with zero hearts. Yeah, same. I every time I go in, I always have some. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't show like any heart counter or anything when you enter versus mode. So I'm not sure about that. I'll try that. Let me let me fail a couple and then go into versus because now I'm curious. OK, yeah, you can you can let us know. 
uh, as we discuss it here. But yeah, I think the hearts and like the actual gating of the mechanics only exist in story mode or the story stages, as we're going to call them here on the show. But I really am enjoying the the difficulty of the game. I think it's ramping up nicely. I don't know how far you've made it into the actual stages, Kyle. I know I am ahead of both Sean and Frank, at least as of last night. I don't know how much you guys played this morning, but I know, Frank, you were somewhere in World One in like the 30s, because what I really do like about this is that when you're friends with somebody on the switch, obviously you can import your friends list into Dr. Mario World, become friends there, send hearts back and forth every day. It's a mobile game, blah, blah, blah. But. And on the actual world map, you could see where your friends are at because their little icon, like whatever doctor they are, is on that particular icon for the the world. And I do enjoy being able to because it's kind of like, oh, wow, look, there they are. I can see them. So, Frank, you were in the 30s. Sean, I had to catch up to you because you were ahead of me in the actual story stages at around like 53. So I passed you last night before I went to sleep. I got up to 63 and which is the second part of area two or world two, as we're going to call it. So freaking one up, Brian, always trying to be the best. Well, man, I I, I do. I wanted to see if I could finish this game. Like I want to see because there's only five worlds and my my goal is to finish the actual story and see what there is. And the increasing difficulty has been fun for me. Like at first, I thought the game was super easy. I was like, man, I'm three starring every stage. I'm just burning through this. I'm never losing a heart. And it was fun still. I was still having a blast. But I thought the difficulty was a little bit too easy. And then you get to world two and they start really introducing mechanics like the game doesn't actually start until world two. <laughs> because oh, I then, agree. You, then you start getting all these different things like having to unlock uh, viruses because they're actually locked in a cage and you have to clear the keys before you can clear the viruses. And I was like, wow, this is super cool. And I like that it's so different from what we've seen on console versions of Dr. Mario, but also it's so different from Tetris. This feels unique and I'm really enjoying it. I couldn't see this game being played any other way than mobile. This it's impossible like this. This only works as well as it does because it is a mobile game. I know Uh, it, it would still work on the switch as they would have to probably change up some of the ways that the mechanics work. I think the dragging if you played it on the touchscreen on the switch, it'd be no issues. It'd be the same. But using a controller, it would be a little bit harder because the precision isn't there and the quickness isn't there. Again, touchscreen on the switch would work just fine, just like it would on mobile. But what's cool is that and Frank, correct me if I'm wrong. You are a huge Tetris fan. Is has there ever been a Tetris game where you've been able to drag blocks through other blocks? No. Okay, that exists here, which is really cool. So, in, in true Dr. Mario fashion, be, the pills can sometimes be like half red, half blue, half blue, half green, half yellow, half red, etc. And when you clear, say, half of the pill, the other half still exists because it's a different color. You can hold that and, and actually place it strategically to get rid of multiple rows or multiple colors with just one pill or what the game actually teaches you to do very much later in the story stages. I think they should have kind of said this earlier than they do, but you can hold it and you can still do it, even though 
you don't learn it till later, but you can hold down a color and, and drag it through things. And you can even do that with full pills. As long as there's room to maneuver. area. Exactly. As long as there's room to maneuver it and room to place it, you can drag it through blocks. You can drag it through viruses. You can drag it through obstacles. And that has opened up an entire new level of play. And I've noticed going into versus mode because I've been spending a ton of time with versus mode, probably more than I have spent with the story mode. A lot of people don't know you can do that. <laughs> I came I came across that just by screwing around while playing. Yeah, me too. And then I and then the game taught me at like twenty stages later. I realized that I was like, wait a second, because I did it, and I was like, no, did I actually just do that? Because I was like, that totally changes the way I'm gonna play. And now when I go into verses, I quickly create like I I've noticed that I am blasting through my my rows, my viruses a lot faster than other people are because I'm strategically dragging through viruses through blocks. And then I watch their screen. And I was like, they're not doing that because you can see it's kind of like Tetris 99 where you can see their screen off to the right hand side. Uh, nope. Not too many people know that. So it's pretty uh, cool. The screen looking is cheating, Brian. <laughs> it's not cheating. It's impossible. Che- cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater, Brian. <laughs> You get no benefit from from looking at their screen. It's no benefit to you. But but while like while things are floating, you could you could you, you could have like multiple pieces floating and moving around. Yes, which gets crazy. So if you clear a row with and you strategically place pills, like you could have a half of a pill hanging up to the right, half a pill hanging up to the left, and then half a pill hanging down. You could have three floating pieces that you can then move individually and you can actually it just, put it gets it, chaotic. For speed, for speed, you can literally push floating pieces up with other pieces. I've noticed that. And I've also noticed that if you say there's like a red piece floating up and you have a double red and you want to like connect four before that one little one piece gets there. If you try to drag it through the piece that's floating up, it doesn't let you drag it through a piece that's floating up. Like you said, Frank, it pushes it up. So you have to be careful because you could actually push it into something you don't want to. Yes. Which I've done several, several, several times. And I've actually screwed Uh, myself multiple times in versus mode doing that. Whoa, Brian, we don't want to hear about you screwing yourself. Well, I mean, they might. Multiple multiple times, too. They might. You never know. I I hope our... So who did everyone pick to start as? Which doctors are we playing as? There's only one doctor to play as. It's Bowser. That's dang right. Help me beat the Bowser and save a princess of Peach. Done. <laughs> I'm actually playing as Peach. Of course you are. And then Kyle, <laughs> Kyle, I know you said Mario. You can I'm Mario, yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad that we all picked different doctors. And that's kind of what I was hoping for. And actually was the day it came out. It actually released early here. It actually released early everywhere. It was supposed to come out on the 10th and it was available like midday on the 9th. Freaking shadow drop, boys. Yeah, it was cool. But Jessica and I were I like outside that. with the dogs and I told her, I was like, you know what? I'm going to pick Dr. Peach because I know for a fact nobody else is. And I want to oh, have representation. Oh, were you? Yeah, until you stole his thunder. No, and, and she, and she, Jessica even is like, well, what if, what if one of them thinks the same way that you are, and that they're all gonna pick Peach? And I was like, that'd be hilarious, actually, if that happens. But I, I had a feeling that somebody would pick Mario. I knew for a fact Frank was gonna go Bowser. It was just, it was obvious, and there was no doubt in my mind. But I wanted to make sure that we had each doctor represented. But the reason I ask which doctor we were playing as, and is that is still the doctor that everyone is playing as? I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. There mm-hmm. are several to unlock. You can actually unlock Dr. Luigi, 
Dr. Yoshi, Dr. Toad, Dr. Toadette, Dr. I, I think, is it Iggy? And it's, I don't think it's Iggy. It's uh the, the one with like the blue hair off to the sides. I forget which Koopa kid that is. He's there. The, the where, Koopa wait, girl is there. Where can you there. get these guys at? In staffing mode. Staffing. Son of a bitch. Are you serious? Staffing mode is on the bottom. Each each character on lock uh, is 4,000 coins or 40 diamonds. 40 diamonds are... I have, your... money. I have that much money. I could, I could have someone by now. Well, it's random, first of all. You're either going to unlock a doctor or you're going to unlock a support character. If you guys aren't using support characters, you're really messing up and, and hurting yourselves. But each doctor can have two support characters attached to them, whether it's like a Goomba, Beetle Shells, Paragoombas. And well, I, I, Frank, I'm surprised you haven't put more time into this game. I've been doing a lot of overtime, so I, I, I haven't had even time to freaking think lately. But the, the, but the game will. is the game is much deeper than you're realizing then, because your support characters change certain things about the the levels. They can cause shells to spawn more often. So that way you can take out rows quicker or cause bombs to spawn more often to blow up things. I have been screwing myself this whole time. Yeah, no, you've definitely been hurting yourself by not using support characters. And if you have 4,000 coins or more, which you probably do at stage 30, I've unlocked eight support characters so far. And nice. zero, zero doctors. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any docs. I just I just unlocked two support characters and I I realized how hard it's going to be to unlock another doctor because I'll probably want to pick them. The abilities. Yeah, the abilities are what's fun is because OK, so Peach, her ability once you have the stamina is to clear an entire column. I think Mario and Bowser each can clear rows, correct? Uh, Bowser's two rows. Yeah. And, and Bowser and Mario is the top row only, I think. OK, so Peach's is random. It could be any column, but it's never you never know which one it's going to be, which is kind of the reason I also lean toward her, because I thought clearing a column would be more beneficial than clearing a row, because sometimes rows are easier to clear than columns. Do you have a point? But I'm curious what, say, Luigi's abilities will be or Toad or Yoshi. And I'm hoping that they're so different that, you know, it's it's worth playing with them. I haven't quite figured out how to level up my doctors. I don't know if it's just through playtime or what happens, because I've noticed that when I go into versus mode, I'm still level one on everything. And but I'm, I'm tier two in versus mode, but I'm level one. And I've noticed people are like level two, three and four because their bombs next to their name are different colors. And I was like, I don't know how you're leveling that up. I haven't quite figured that out yet. So the only way that I figured out to level them up and the bomb next to their name, I don't think that's their um, character level. The only way that I figured out to level up is if you go to staffing and you spend the coins to unlock a new character, you can unlock a duplicate character of one you already have. And if you do that, you get XP for that character. Okay. Uh, Okay. 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 I'm doing this live. Here we go. I'm playing it right now. So you can actually unlock, and I have, I've yet to have that happen, but you can unlock the same character more than once. The characters are expensive, to be fair. They are. No, they're, they're super expensive. They're 4,000 coins or 40 diamonds. 40 diamonds, I think, is $1.99 or $2.99 actual real money currency here in the uh, in the U.S. So, now, can we earn diamonds or do I have to actually pay for diamonds? You can earn diamonds through versus mode. It's mm. the only way I figured out how to earn them so far. So I need to play versus mode. The there's you can earn coins usually in story mode by certain stages will have like a question block on them. And if you clear that stage, usually you unlock like 250 coins. Sometimes they'll be generous and give you like 500 or a thousand if it's because it's random. 
But usually it's like 150, 200 coins that you unlock by doing that. In versus mode, there are question blocks as well, but you have to earn seven victories every 10 hours because there, you know how the question blocks exist for like 20 hours. And then once you clear it, it just moves to another level and you can keep going and going and going. Your orders reset every 20 hours. Your orders are how you can get a set amount of coins each day besides the free ones. And then in versus mode, the question blocks have a 10 hour timer. And to unlock the question block to open in verses, you have to win seven matches to get seven keys. Once you do that, it takes nine things and randomly puts them in nine blocks. You then get to pick three without knowing what's in those blocks. So Mm. you have the chance to get diamonds through those blocks, which I have. You have the chance to get actual tokens, which if you remember, Kyle, you might be the only one that I actually know, Sean, you remember as well, because I think you've made it this far. When you finish world one, they give you a token to unlock a actual thing in the staffing mode as well. Sean, you probably haven't done it because you didn't know it was. Well, you said you're using support characters, so I have a support character. Yeah, yeah, well, support characters are obviously going to unlock much, much faster than doctors because there's 32 support characters, I believe, compared to the 10 doctors that there are in the game. I have a Goomba. Yeah, Goomba is the first one I actually unlocked as well. I think everybody gets that one first, actually. So you're not special, Frank. Yeah, you're not special. Oh, yes, I am. I wonder if it's all the same. I wonder if we're going to unlock them in the same order. Oh, I just got five diamonds for completing a level. So there you go. Oh, wait, did you? Yeah, man. In story mode? Yeah. Was it a question block level? Diamond times five. Yeah, yeah. No, it was just uh, defeat the the Goombas or whatever, the viruses, the spooky dudes, those guys. So it it must be there must be levels that give diamonds. Then did you pass me? You must have passed me in story mode. I don't think so. Weird. I didn't get any diamonds for finishing a level. So either it's random or you pass me one of the two. I don't know. I think it's rando, but I'm having a ton of fun. We've we've unknowingly spent a ton of time on Dr. Mario World just because it's it's such a fun game. Like, it's great. I wasn't ex- I wasn't expecting to talk this long on it, but it's so easy to talk about. I can appreciate the game mostly because the level difficulty is not like increasing as every stage goes on. Sometimes you just run into a hard stage in the middle of the world and then the next five are like super easy. You know, like it's just there's different play styles there's different ways to enjoy the game. I like that. I think that's fun. I don't and know. I, from what I've noticed, because I've restarted several stages, the order you get the viruses are different. So sometimes it's RNG. Sometimes it's luck where you're going to you're going to get better viruses than others. Sometimes you just have to wait for your hearts to refill because you got unlucky five times in a row, which has happened to me several times. (laughs) That's a lot more than five. (laughs) (laughs) I think you actually because I was actually looking and I noticed your character wasn't moving. I I think you got stuck on one of the stages that it took. I was like, man, I finished this first try. But again, it's all based on how you get the viruses. Dude, I, I really did. I did. I got stuck hard. It was the it was the one where you had to clear like the sides because they were they were boxed in by the actual blocks themselves. You can't clear. Yeah. Don't put me in a box. Nobody puts Sean's in a corner. Exactly. Exactly. So we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll probably follow up with Dr. Mario World here in the future. Maybe we'll discuss it again when we've actually unlocked some new doctors and talk about some of the new abilities and see what other things actually exist in Dr. Mario World, because maybe there's things we don't even know about in worlds three, four and five. And, and hopefully they'll add things to it throughout the future. Nintendo's pretty good about adding things freely to their mobile games. You just look at Pocket Camp and how much crap that that game has gotten over the yeah. past year. So I have a feeling that we'll be seeing a lot of Dr. Mario World uh, in the future. And I think their next mobile game is the Mario Kart one, Mario Kart Tour, 
which will be and I should be writing well. the review for that, and it should be up soon on Level Down Games. So. Yeah, looking forward to hearing what you have to say on Dr. Mario World. And uh, you can actually also head to leveldowngames.com and check out Kyle's review for uh, what was the game you just wrote one for? Stranger Things 3, the game you wrote, Super Mario Maker right. 2 you wrote. And I finally got up the Crash Team Racing Nitro Field review all in the past week. So we've had several reviews last week. So go check them out. I quickly want to talk about Sea of Solitude, which is a game I started playing thanks to EA Origin Access premiere over the past week. I actually signed up on Thursday evening and played the game quite a bit on Friday. I shouldn't say quite a bit because I actually only put a couple hours into it. But I didn't want to finish it in one sitting. Now, I realized and I checked it before I started playing Sea of Solitude's about a six hour experience. So I didn't want to just sit down and burn through it in one sitting. I could have, but I chose to do it. I'm going to do it in two. So I did half the game in the first sitting and I have yet to finish it. So I'll finish that maybe after we're done recording today. Maybe not because actually it's a busy weekend for wrestling. We got AEW Fight for the Fallen tonight. The Evolve anniversary shows on at the same time. And then tomorrow is Extreme Rules. So I, I plan on watching all three of those this nerd. weekend. So I might not play anything too much this week. I, you're oh, gonna watch them as well. <laughs> I will finish Sea of Solitude this week and I, I'm really enjoying it so far. Now, I know we talked about it last week when we did the Metacritic results and how the game didn't come across quite as well as we had hoped it would or, or expected it to based on the guesses that we put in. But Sea of Solitude is a very deeply personal and emotional story, which is exactly the reason why I wanted to play this. And it even tells you that when you first load up the game, I actually put a screenshot of it in our uh, staff section here. And I'll actually pull that up and read it to you. It says this game contains sensitive topics that some players may find distressing related to mental and emotional wellness. It is not intended to serve as a professional advice. It is not intended to serve as professional advice or guidance. Sea of Solitude is a personal project about loneliness inspired by my own experiences and other real life stories. Kay's journey is about what it means to be human and to live with all of life's ups and downs. And that's from one of the creators of the game, Cornelia Geppert. So you start out the game and you're playing as this little girl. She's 12 years old. Her name is Kay. And you're sitting in a boat on the water and it's just dark, but eventually gets peaceful. And everything that you're doing, everything that you're seeing is meant to be a metaphor for something, whether that's bullying or some type of mental health issues or loneliness or sadness. There's so much going on to where if you're paying attention, like the world isn't necessarily flooded as it is in the game. Sometimes you just have so much going on that you feel like you're drowning. And I think that's what this game is trying to portray is that all of these issues that people have with mental health and it it speaks to me on a on a more personal level now as well because recently I've been going through things on my own that I've not experienced in my 33 years of living on this earth I mean you know body changing getting older and now my mind is starting to do things that it didn't do before to where I've been diagnosed with certain things and I have to take medication now and it's just different so I appreciate things on a on a deeper level when it when it talks about this kind of stuff now because I actually understand it but few games dare to explore mental health and mental issues the way that say sea of solitude and one of our favorite games here at level down games of the past few years hellblade send you a sacrifice have done and this game really reminds me a lot frank of hellblade not in the way that it's beautiful because hellblade was beautiful graphically but it also still played on your mental health issues 
this game, it does have its issues with the graphics, which is a lot uh, what a lot of the reviews have negatively talked about. It isn't beautiful, but I think the reason that they chose this graphic style and the reason that the game looks like it does is on purpose. That should be no fault to the game because it's actually using it as part of the exploration and like dialogue for the mental health things that they're exploring. The graphics play into that. So I actually don't think the game should be faulted for the way that it looks. If you're going to fault it for anything, fault it for the way that it controls because it doesn't control the best. But and, and Frank, Hellblade, come on. You know that was such an amazing experience, and you actually are the reason that I played through that. I think I begged and pleaded for you to play that game. <laughs> yeah, you finally, yeah, Robin, you finally talked me into it, and I, and I sat down and played through it in two sittings as well, um, just like I'm going to do for Sea of Solitude. So, Frank, I actually think you would get a lot of enjoyment out of this because I am seeing a lot of connections between the two in the way that they handle certain elements to storytelling so i think you would enjoy sea of solitude it's part exploration game part horror game so there's a two different collectibles you can actually do while you're exploring the world you can shoo away seagulls and you can collect messages in a bottle and they're just meant to be little fun little distractions to keep you from burning through the game in like two hours if you didn't do anything else but follow the main path you could probably finish this game in about two hours because it's not too terribly long i'm but, gonna play it for sure yeah and and i recommend doing what i'm doing the game itself is 20 that's, bucks. I, no, no, that's how i'm doing it. i'm gonna it's the same price 15 bucks for it's access. 15 to sign up for origin access premiere it's 20 bucks to buy the game but if you sign up for origin access premiere you're gonna have access to so many things and i actually put this in there like all of these games that i'd be interested in playing for the 15 dollars that i signed up for a plague tale innocence is actually on origin access premiere which is huge that game is fantastic and if you've yet to play that out there that's also worth the 15 dollars subscription price but there's so many games included in access premiere and the reason i waited so long to sign up like i could have signed up for this the game came out on the fifth i could have signed up day and date when it came out and played it because that's just a possible thing to do with the premiere version of access it'll eventually come to basic but it'll take a while basic is the one that's five dollars a month but the reason i signed up then is because madden actually officially releases on the 2nd of august and i think with premiere it even comes out a day or two earlier like the you know like the digital deluxe version which is the version they give you in the premiere version uh that'll be out a few days earlier so now i actually have 10 or 12 days to play madden nfl 20 to work on the review for that for livedongames.com before my subscription ends because we probably won't get a code for that so if you're smart about it you can actually for your 15 dollars and you time it right you can actually play multiple new releases for just 15 dollars which is actually kind of cool so definitely recommend picking it up that way because you're going to have access to several games instead of just one for a couple extra dollars and and especially for a game that you're going to finish in just a couple hours so definitely recommend it though i'm having a ton of fun with it uh more interested in it though for the actual storytelling and the emotional elements that i'm getting from it and they're very smart with the soundtrack as well which i've been enjoying the soundtrack it knows when to change the music to based on what you're doing so you can actually have some control of like whether 
you're going to jump into like the horror aspects because if you get closer to some of the enemies, the level gets darker, it starts raining, it gets scarier. But when you get into areas you've already cleared and you're looking for collectibles, it's sunny, it's bright, it's, you know, you're already familiar with it and you've already done things there. And the music dynamically changes and then there's some parts that are just beautiful. So really been enjoying it. Definitely recommend it. But we haven't done something in a while here on the Maxwell podcast. It's been a few weeks and I don't like to do this when when Sean's not here because it's just not the same without his intro. But I want to do some tavern talk. (laughs) Excuse me. I wasn't even ready. I got a unique New York. Okay, (laughs) How now, brown cow? Argyle gargoyle. Angus. Angus, are you here? All right, hang on. He's coming. He's got to put on his bathrobe. He's he's a little inappropriate these days. Oh, we don't we don't want to see a naked dwarf. All right, I'm coming here. Oh, maybe we do. Let's see if he's oh, jeez, Brian, you can't tell me I got down the Starbucks and get me a latte. <laughs> I'm not even awake yet. <clears throat> okay, all right. <clears throat> Who wants some? <sighs> all right, lollies, come on in. Sit on down. Grab yourself a pint and get ready for tales of glory and revelry. This is Tavern Talk. What's what's his name? Angus. 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 Okay, yeah. Angus. Don't act like Angus. you don't know. Okay, get the crap. I didn't. I mean, I'll, I, I won't forget now. I mean, he's a great Dude, guitarist for ACDC, so. You were in his wedding party. Like, what, what are you talking about? You've known the guy for years. Yeah, it's true. You were, you were so blitzed, Brian. He is a <laughs> yeah. He is a good friend of Bruce Seeker, who's a <laughs> a dwarf hunter. Yeah, yeah I, I think we just decided what character I have to make during WoW Classic. It's Angus. 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 <laughs> the great man of dwarf. Oh man, I love Alliance. I really, really do. I was actually yeah, talking well, to. I, I, I know. I was messaging both you and Kyle. I was like, <laughs> why are the Horde areas so freaking boring in in Battle for Azeroth? Like, they're just not interesting. I don't know. Maybe it's just me because I'm just I I just am not a huge fan of the horde. Maybe I just don't find that architecture and and setting up pleasing. But just don't don't really enjoy it, especially uh, Voldoon, man. It's just an open desert with nothing going on. It really really sucks. <laughs> but that's I think that's a battle for Azeroth problem. Classic man, the Barons is Mulgore. It's the best. No, yeah, I know classic zones are are definitely a lot more fun, but. The Battle for Azeroth Alliance zones, I feel like, are there's a lot more going on and the scenery changes a lot more often. Like you think, Sean, when we actually level through those zones, those zones were fantastic for Alliance. Oh, yeah, no, we had a good time. There's no doubt. We I think I can enjoy the game no matter where I'm at, because I usually play it with great people. But you know what I mean? It's not to me. WoW Classic, the Horde side is not about like all the complicated things and politics that you would normally find on the Alliance side where you're going from town to town and just trying to kill some rabble rousers and stuff like that. The Horde side is more or less like trying to tame the land. So it's a lot more simplistic in that nature. You know, like you you actually have to appreciate the lore a little bit to get nitty and gritty on that if you're going to be uh, critical of the zone design. But I, I feel you. The thing that blows the most is definitely running across Barrens forever. But if you put it on auto run and go make a cup of noodles and come back and, <laughs> and, you, and you don't run into a tree along the way, like it's bearable. You know, it's right. Right. It makes you really appreciate mounts. Let's just say that. <laughs> actually wasn't planning on discussing World of Warcraft and Tavern Talk today. I actually you wanted to. I know I did. And that's okay, because I've been, like I said, I've been jumping back into it. I feel so left out. 
That's Tavern Talk, boys. I that's Tavern Talk's over. Moving on. No, I actually put about forty hours into Warcraft <laughs> over the over the past seven days, if not longer, because I got my character up to you know my druids one twenty. I actually already am raid ready. I'm close to raid ready for eight point two's raid. Ashara's uh, uh, Eternal Palace. I just got to the point where I'm actually capable of doing the one right before that, the Battle of Dazrilor, whatever the hell that was called. I don't know. I, I, I'm not too familiar with some of the stuff in Battle for Azeroth because I just recently started playing it, but I'm mad at myself that I stopped playing it for as long as I did because I'm having so much fun. Don't worry about me. I won't. But I wanted to talk <laughs> about Super Mario Maker 2 in Tavern Talk today because, first of all, Sean, we need you to buy the game. It's not but, happening. Why not? <laughs> I would... Guys. Kyle game, wants to play your levels. The game looks fun, but I would spend way too much time on that. You know I would. I, I am a perfectionist. It would take me <laughs> eight years to put a level out. Kyle wants to play your levels. So uh, Frank and been, I have made some levels. He's been a lot of my levels. And <laughs> Ooh. Frank and I have, have, have put some time into making levels. Frank's levels are, are much, much better than mine. But Sean, when you see some of these levels that people have, have been able to create, in the in the level in the course creator all i can think about is what you would be able to do you have such a creative mind and such an ability to imagine something and and make it happen with the tools that are available to you i'll never forget sean and i are are in a in a room and this is just a couple years ago sean and i are in a room that has a chalkboard in it and sean walks over to the chalkboard and there's a piece of chalk sitting there and Sean draws Gregus and Amumu from League of Legends standing there talking to each other, just on the chalkboard. And if you've ever used a piece of chalk on a chalkboard, you know how it, it makes you almost feel like your hand doesn't work. It's impossible to use it and make it look legible and correct. It's just a hard way. To, Sean draws a completely perfect Gregus and Amumu. Sean is so creative, he's so artistic, and, and this game... No, Sean, you, I don't want the game for you. I want the game for me. I want you to buy the game for me. I don't care what sort of fun you have. I want to have the fun that you create for me. And I appreciate that, Kyle. That's that's why we're we're good friends. You know, honestly, I know I'm a poor man's August Rush, but I can't I can't please everybody. You know what I mean? Like it's it's really a, it's it's hard to have this gift. What can I say? You know? <laughs> There you go. There you go. <laughs> I, you know, honestly, the game looks like a ton of fun. And and I had an idea for a level where I would try to make an actual progression through the different types of levels. But that's just because I don't know the game. I don't know if you can mesh all different types of things in there. I know there are certain modes you can't do, right? You can't like you mesh can't styles. Mix. You can't mix styles either. Right. So you can't go from Mario Brothers to Mario 3 in the same level. You can make but a you can make a series. Of, yeah. And actually, there's a level that I sent Kyle to play. Uh, this past time on his stream on on this past Thursday, the the Super Metroid one, which is a progression of levels basically in Mario Maker Two. Mario, which I thought was really cool. That level that level design with the uh, the Metroid Brothers one, very very cool. And I actually found another one. I don't know if you're streaming. I know you'll probably do Dead by Daylight this weekend. But next time you uh, stream Super Mario Maker Two, I actually already found another level that I want you to try. And I haven't yet tried it myself, but I will. It's totally upside down. Like some of the levels oh, that we've geez. done in I, the story I, I, mode. I wouldn't play that. But holy crap, does this person put some precision based jumping to where you have to like follow an exploding bomb across these saws? And my God, it just looks difficult. So I, I and I saw this on Twitter, but I actually want to I'm going to try that sometime this weekend if I have some time. See if I can actually get through it myself before I send it to you. But I would love to see you try that one as well. Yeah, hold on to it for me. I will. I will. I will. 
that's the beauty of it is just all these different creators out there that are so much more creative than I could ever be. And I've yet to even upload a level. I've messed around with the creation tools, but I've yet to make anything that I feel comfortable enough putting out there online for others to try. I just don't feel like it's up to par with my own personal preferences, but also the levels that I've played. So I will put something out eventually, just probably not anytime soon. And it's also I just don't have time to spend making levels as much as I would like to because I have to use my time wisely and try to finish some of these games that I've got in my backlog for reviews. <laughs> so once I get some stuff cleared off, I'd love to put more time into Mario Maker 2 and actually design levels for you guys to play through. But for now, I'm just having a ton of fun playing other people's stuff and finding things that I think you guys would enjoy. Do you guys enjoy playing? OK, to me, I've seen two types of levels as I've watched you stream and, and just checked out the game. There's the speedrunner type level that requires precision. And there's a lot of like outrageously dumb, crazy things that you have to do. And then there's the level that actually has like story content and like it tries to be more of a traditional Mario stage. So what do you guys prefer more? out of what you've seen so far? Uh, um, honestly, I've been preferring the speedrunner levels. I, I, I like the fact that you have to be super precise uh, and you only have like 10 to 20 seconds. So it's more, it's like solving a puzzle to me. Like, how can I perfectly pull this off? I do like the speedrunner levels a lot too, just because I really like speedrunning. We've talked about that before. I think that's a fun thing to watch. But at the same time, I think that they're easier to make. And so there's a wider breadth of them available on the course world. The level that Brian sent me the other day that we just talked about was the Metroid inspired. It was Super Metroid Bros. And that one almost had it almost had like a story flow to it where you actually gained piece of your pieces of your suit like like a Metroid game. And that one was really fun. That one took me. And you had to backtrack in yeah, a true Metroidvania style. Was, that was <laughs> oh, really so, fun. So, so, was, so were, you getting, like, were you getting like a, a spiky shell and then like yeah, a... Yeah, correct. Get a spiky so shell you, you get a you mushroom get, and then you yes. get you have to put on like a dry bone suit for your bottom. Then you have to put on a spiky suit for your top. And then you I go through I and you actually, break blocks. I, and I, pl I played that level. Okay, it cool. It's really, really, it's a really fun level, but I also understand the difficulty of making that level and that not everybody is going to put in the time and the creativity to make levels like that. So I understand that. My favorite level that I've played so far, and it's, it's not my favorite type of level, but Kyle, I wanted to mention it because I want to I want to shine some light on this one as well. The the Mario roguelite level that I sent you last on your last stream. The yes. one that's it's all varied and randomized. Somebody figured out how to, a way to randomize Mario Maker 2. And it's so creative. <laughs> I would have never thought to do what this person did. And it's utilizing claws and clown cars and certain objects that change the way enemy patterns and behaviors work. And there's an entire article on this on Kotaku. I actually came across it when we were looking at it while Kyle was streaming because I was like, man, is, did anyone actually talk about this as well? Because I actually just stumbled upon it in the actual course list and like that's how I found this. And then I saw there was a write-up on Kotaku and, and this level is actually blowing up because this person figured out how to make a randomized level. And that's so cool. That's awesome sounding. That makes me want to play the game. Stuff like that where like there's hidden features in it that you didn't even know exist. I don't even know Nintendo knew that existed. That's the thing. Like... <laughs> That makes me think that you might have been able to make randomized levels in Mario Maker 1, but Oof. I but I don't know that anyone actually ever figured that out. Go so back and do it. There's actually things that if you're smart and you understand the creation tools and you understand how objects behave 
both in conjunction with one another, but also independently from one another, you can use that knowledge to change things. And it's so cool because, Kyle, I watched you play that level over and over and over again. And there were times you were finding rooms that, first of all, I had not seen, but rooms that you had not seen after like 10 or 12 attempts. Yeah, the, and the rooms were all varied, and I could see, you can see the pieces on the side or on the top of the screen that are making things randomized. It's like a clown car and a claw and something else. There's, he's and they're just banging something. into a wall and banging into different objects, and it somehow that changes what you're getting, and it's so cool. <laughs> very, very interesting stuff, and again, people much smarter than me. I was saying it the entire, the entire stream that <laughs> night. I was like, man, people are so smart. I am just so impressed with people. If you want to be impressed with with the if you, if you think the world is, is a dumb world now and everybody's getting stupid, play Super <laughs> Mario Maker 2. You will be impressed with your fellow. Yeah, human. exactly. Uh, my personal favorite levels to play through in Mario Maker 2 are ones that actually feel like Mario levels, like ones that aren't giving you crazy objectives, ones that aren't giving you all this super hard stuff. I enjoy doing that kind of things, but sometimes I just like playing through a level and having it feel like Nintendo could have designed this. Like those are the ones that I really enjoy, like looking for the ones that to me feel like they could be in a new Super Mario Brothers game. Because you look at the way Nintendo designs their levels, even just look at the uh, the E3 2019 Invitational levels. Or if you follow that creator, as I told everyone too, Nintendo themselves have already put up two additional levels on top of the E3 2019 levels that are unique to Mario Maker 2. And I just like playing through their style of levels. So ones that to me feel like they could be from an actual older Mario game or an upcoming Mario game, those are the ones I like. Nintendo's never going to make something as hardcore as we see in Mario Maker 2 with some of these creations. They're never they're never going to be as creative to make a Metroid Brothers level in Mario or ones that are roguelike randomized. They just don't do that. So those levels are cool, but I do enjoy the ones that feel more Nintendo to me sometimes. And I do enjoy the the insanely hard levels as well. But I can only play those a set amount of times before I have to stop, because just with some of the health issues that I have, I start my heart starts racing, make it beats faster. And when that happens now, I start feeling like shit. So are you I, like I the Hulk where your heartbeat goes above a certain point? You start turning green and smashing things. Not green. No, uh, unless green because I feel sick, but it starts making me dizzy <laughs> and lightheaded and like I have to stop. If I kept doing it, I, I think I would probably slip into like an anxiety attack. And that just that's I can't do that anymore. He's so like I have to be very careful with what I do. If his heart rate goes below <laughs> a certain level, he explodes. I have yeah, to be yeah. very careful with what I do, because if I slip into an anxiety attack, it's it's bad news. I honestly, I, I kind of joke about it, but I'm not making fun. In fact, I, I think not. most people are not aware of these conditions. And what's funny is a lot of people struggle with them and just never know what it is. So it's like it, sometimes I feel like it's a good thing we talk about it on the show. You it know, feels like a heart it, attack. It, it really does. Yeah, it's it's something where people and, and also sometimes <laughs> people will experience it like once and think that they have it all the time. Like it's a chronic problem. And so I, I think awareness is key. So yeah, we're yeah. Trying, we're Brian, Brian has no problem with the chronic. That's nah. hey, I love that album. That's a great, Such you know, what? a good album. <laughs> Such a good album. <laughs> Such a good album. But yeah, I got I got some sitting right next to me here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You know, I tried to divert that away from you as best as possible, and you just jumped in. Like, <laughs> full force. 
<laughs> yep. All right, we're yep. on it. We're we're doing it today, baby. Welcome oh, back. We're, oh, we're definitely on it. But if you didn't know, this is but next if you level. Didn't know. Yeah, we're restarting. No, we're not restarting. <laughs> Still having a ton of fun with Mario Maker 2. So really, me, if I had the money shot, I'd just buy the game for you because I really do want you to play this game. And I would love to see just even if you just spent an entire year making one level, I'd love to see what you could come up with in terms of a design. You I think know it'd what? Be cool. This brings up a great topic that I, I didn't plan on going down this road and I'll try to be brief because I got to be done (laughs) (laughs) no no you know what's funny is I actually have like a certain amount of money budgeted aside but really what I'm trying to do is be selective of what games I want to get and there's so many good ones coming out that it's like I have to try to be smart about it and you have to like look at games and go okay I don't want I don't want another my time at Porsche thing where like I play it for like eight hours and I'm done you know like it's you really have to be smart about what you're buying these days if you're going to try to be a Nintendo guy because there's so much coming out. It's so stacked and it looks really good. Like, I don't even know if I'll be able to get some of the games that I really want to just because of time alone, not even like money. You know what I mean? It's it's a good year. A lot of people are down on this year. It's a good year. You gotta it's be a strong year. It. It's a strong year. It's a very, very strong year. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll hopefully... Uh, even if you just, you know, have to play it once or something, hopefully I can I can get make that happen for you at some point in the future. Because I, I just like I said, I just love to see what you could create. Yeah, I, think you'd I hear be good that. At it. I think you'd be good at it. Much appreciated, boys. Before we get to the game challenge update, it's time for this week's preview of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. We'll be taking a listen to Koopa Beach from Super Mario Kart, composed by Soyo Oka. As this week, myself and Frank will be exploring the music of Mario Kart between 1992 and 2003. Enjoy. to catch this week's episode of bg mania a video game music podcast this wednesday at 5 a.m eastern on your favorite podcast app of choice all right frank let's update the game challenge for this week did you finish anything believe it or not i actually friggin did oh what'd you finish kirby's extra epic yarn oh on the 3ds okay i've had it sitting around forever and like I said, it's been a busy week for me i've been going i've been staying work an hour two hours late uh, so I was like, you know, at least play some video games while I'm at work. Now, I've played through and finished Epic Yarn well, on, on Wii? Wii U. On Wii U. It was Wii U. Was it not? I played it on Wii U. Maybe it was a Wii game. Wii I don't U. remember. It's but a I, Wii U game. I, I thought it was a Wii U game, but I know the Wii U can also play Wii games. Like, So you can confuse which, me for which, a second. Which double explains why I never really played them, because I was really big in those systems. I'm assuming it's the same game. You wouldn't know since you've never played the first one. So <laughs> that's what I was going to ask you. I, I know from like the 
promotional stuff. That they, it was like six extra uh, abilities added to the game. Okay. But nothing crazy. They just call it Unravel Abilities. Great game, though. Isn't it? It's so much fun, dude. And it really. I, I didn't think I'd like the style, but I really do. It's uh, no like what they've done with the Kirby games and, and putting that like the yarn style and the Yoshi games with like the the also yarn style. because There's a yarn Yoshi game, Wooly World. And uh, there's the, you know, the cardboard one on the switch. Uh, Crafted World. World. Yeah. So what they've done with Kirby and Yoshi is these explore explorative styles that we've not seen in games before. It's so much fun, dude. Like these games are a blast. I think like, it's giving me the itch to play older Kirby games, which is crazy because I, well, I love Kirby. It's not a game. It's, there's not, it's not a series I go back to a lot. Yeah, there's not a lot of replayability because once you've played through it, you're done for the most part. But, but, but now I like the itch to play Kirby 64. So who knows? Ooh, what, well, that's, that's a good one, too. That's a really, really Beat good one. It. I uh, I've finished two games this week. So one of those big Monster Jam Steel Titans, which we joked around about last week, but I, I did finish it. I finished the story mode, powered through it, even though it sucked. And I also finally finished uh, Faye on Origin Access. I had started playing oh, nice. that. Yeah, I started playing that when Sean and I signed up for Origin Access Basic to play Anthem a few months ago and never finished it. Let my, you know, let my subscription expire. So when I signed up on Thursday, that was the first thing I did was finish Faye. <laughs> nice. Because I was close to the end. So, yeah, beautiful game. Very much like your your journey style of game where it's, you know, you're just kind of running through a world and doing things to make sense of things and just explore that's what i like so it's fun finish that uh took me to 57 games i should be at 56 frank you uh are at 28 games and you should be at 28 so you're right where we we're still where we need to be we're hanging in there we got we'll do it, it. We we're got doing this. good we're doing good yeah we're gonna do it but let us now take a dive into the weekly wrap-up We have several things on the list this week, but it is a a much lighter week than normal. Netflix will add Wrecking Crew and Donkey Kong 3 next Wednesday on July 17th, Nintendo announced. The service will also be adding a new Rewind feature, which is available in like the NES Classic and the SNES Classic with the entire collection of Netflix games, allowing players to rewind gameplay by pressing and holding the ZL and ZR buttons at the same time. If you get stuck or you make a mistake, now you can just rewind. (laughs) That's that's unbelievable that that's even a thing that we can do in video games now. Yeah, well, I thought it was weird when they first added it to like the the mini systems, but it has been a useful feature and utilizing rewind and save states on all of these things have allowed me to play through and clear games I never was able to in the past. (laughs) I hope you enjoy your participation trophy, Brian. I will because it still allows me to finish a game. Yeah, you play. No, man, you play. You play how you want. Play how you want and have the fun. Have your fun. What is that? What is that game? Braid. Have you ever played Braid? Love Braid. But Braid features rewinding as a game mechanic. Exactly. Well, now every game is Braid. Yeah, that's awesome. And Braid is so good. Yeah, Braid's a good game. What is this like the Korg? It goes back to to what I said in uh, in the at the end of the Crash Team Racing Nitro Field review. That game is so difficult. There's no issues with putting a game on easy and still enjoying your time. Publisher Head Up Games and developer Julian LaFour have announced Out Buddies, a dual hero Metroidvania coming to PC via Steam in Q3 2019, followed by PlayStation 4, Xbox One and Nintendo Switch in 2020. So it's a uh, 
to hear a Metroidvania, which is kind of cool looking. Watch the trailer for that. Super intrigued by it. And I will be checking that out maybe later this year because I'll probably just play it on PC since it comes out this year. The TurboGrafx-16 Mini will launch on May 19th for 10,500 yen. An official U.S. price was not yet available, but that is worldwide March 19th. But the only pricing available was the Japanese pricing. Kyle, what's 10,500 yen equate to roughly? It's about 100 bucks. Okay, about $100. Okay, so we're we're looking at probably $99.99 for the U.S. price for the TurboGrafx-16 Mini. Uh, Includes 50 games, but... It I don't know if I'll buy this one or not. Like I like the TurboGrafx 16. First of all, I love the music of the TurboGrafx 16 and PC Engine. Like that that music is some of my favorite, especially when you get into like the Yuzo Koshiro side of things and the way that they use the sound chip and the synth on that. But the games that they're including, and I didn't put them on here because they're just not that interesting. So I don't know that I'll actually pick this one up. I might just to own it because it is a cool collector's edition and something to have. But I don't know that I'd put much time into it because the games just. Aren't that appealing to me? Publisher, a private division and developer V1 Interactive have announced Disintegration, a new science fiction first person shooter for unannounced platforms due out between April 1st, 2020 and March 31st, 2021. So sometime in fiscal year 2021, it will be fully unveiled at Gamescom opening night live on August 19th at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, which we will do a reaction for. That's uh, Jeff Keighley's thing they're doing on YouTube for Gamecoms this year. Uh, V1 Interactive. Funny enough, is the independent development studio co-founded in 2014 by Marcus Leto, former creative director at Bungie and co-creator of Halo. Disintegration is the studio's debut title. So this is a new sci-fi game from the creator, co-creator of Halo. I'm in. If it's good, I'm in. Because <laughs> that sounds really cool to me. I will definitely look at that. Yeah, it should be interesting. And we'll find out more. And actually just next month in about a week or not a week, about a month. Double Fine Productions has delayed Psychonauts 2 to 2020 from its previously planned 2019 release window. The studio announced the game's latest fig backer update. Yeah, unfortunate delay there. We knew it was coming, though. We've seen really next to nothing on this game. They just showed it off at E3 last month. Barely. 2019 barely. Barely. The same type of trailer we've seen every single time they've shown this game. (laughs) We've really not seen much else. I had a feeling it was going to get delayed. Especially now that uh, Double Fine got picked up by Microsoft and is one of their studios. I had a feeling it was going to get delayed because Microsoft's probably going to step in and and help them and help them. Actually, I I would say help them (laughs) because I think I think they need help. I think they're struggling to get this game done. It's been what the game's been announced for four years now. You know what? I, I actually welcome Microsoft's assistance because Tim Schafer, I, I love the guy. Love, I love him. his games. Love and he's got, him. He has wonderful ideas and sometimes not so great execution. Correct. Yeah. And that's the one area that he tends to struggle. But he is a creative genius and he's brilliant. Agreed. Love seeing what he's able to do. So can't wait to actually play that game. And I'm willing to wait. But it has been a while. And usually for a game of that caliber and size doesn't take six years to make. So. I think something was definitely wrong there. The Taiwan Digital Game Rating Committee has rated. Is that Tabagoro? How would you say that? I'm assuming that's a Japanese word. It is. And it is uh, Tabagoro. Yeah. Tabagoro Super Monkey Ball for PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch and PC. Tabegoro Super Monkey Ball has yet to be officially announced by Sega, but the name was trademarked back in May. So probably sometime soon. And the same person that leaked all the uh, E3 stuff actually put something out uh, about this game. It will be announced very, very soon. They didn't say when, 
but the game will be announced soon. So that's cool. We're going to we're finally going to get a new Super Monkey Ball. And I hope that it's in the style as the GameCube versions, because those games were so much fun. Amazon Game Studios has announced it will collaborate with Leo Technologies Holdings Limited and Middle Earth Enterprises to develop and publish a free to play massively multiplayer online game based on the Lord of the Rings for console and PC. A title Whoa. and release date were not announced. So this is separate from the Lord of the Rings online. I'm already there. Is, it, is this the one that's attached to Amazon? You said? Yes, this is yes. Amazon Game Studios. Yes. Okay. Yeah, this is the one of their first things that they seem like they're doing for, uh, under their actual game development so studios. It's pro- so it's more than likely going to be based upon the Netf- the the, uh, the Amazon uh, Lord of the Rings TV show. That's probably a safe assumption. Yeah, I would. I was. I was going to say that's probably a safe bet. Yeah, still going to be good. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm there. Not gonna, I'm not knocking yeah, it at all. Yeah, and it's free to play. So, you know, it's it's easy to jump in, jump out. If it's not good, you didn't really waste any money. So but I did have some fun with the original Lord of the Rings online when it came out a couple years, not even a couple years ago, like 10 years ago or something like that. But it was a a lesser version of WoW. It was a WoW clone, but it just didn't feel up to the same caliber that Warcraft was. So I didn't put a much time into the Lord of the Rings online. You guys don't know this. You don't know this about me. Maybe you do. Sean does. I am a huge Lord of the Rings fan, like a massive Lord of the Rings fan. And I think the only thing that eclipses Zelda in my fandom, maybe, is Lord of the Rings. Oh, I'm not that high, but (laughs) I I would say it's probably number one. Yes, you are, Brian. Oh, I am. But uh, right right now, I I, I, I was going to say I'm not that high on Lord of the Rings. Uh, I do love it. I do love it, but not to where I would say it goes Zelda than this. So have you guys, have you guys ever, uh, have you ever looked up like an image of the Lord of the Rings map, like of Middle Earth? I have a, like a, a three foot by four foot cloth Middle Earth map. There is so much stuff on that place that I haven't seen in any of the mainstream media that they have material for days for this type of game. Like it, it, and it's probably still going to be very good. You know, like you look at the films, they don't take place all over that map. It's just like, no, they take like place concentrated in right in the center. Yeah, That's they it. take place like on the center part of that map. There's a there's a huge world that Tolkien has created. So, yeah. Lots and of, that's lots so awesome. Big time. Yeah, I can't really wait to see what this ends up being. And we really are kind of waiting right now for like the next big MMO, like the one that's going to take over because Warcraft is on a decline. It remains to be seen if that'll ever go back on an uphill trajectory. Probably not. So it's probably going to keep declining. And (laughs) Final Fantasy. Yeah, what a fucking asshole. And Final (laughs) Fantasy 14. (laughs) Final Fantasy 14 is still doing really well. I mean, they've they've now surpassed Warcraft in the amount of active subscriptions they have, and they are still consistently pumping out great new content but there will come a time when square starts to scale back on final fantasy 14 so we'll be curious to see if maybe this will be the next big mmo because there will always be a market for mmos there will always be a market they just there has to be a good one to sustain the market so remains to be seen 
Last up on the weekly wrap up this week, Netflix, in partnership with King Features Syndicate and game developer Studio MDHR, has announced The Cuphead Show, a Netflix original series inspired by classic animation styles of the 1930s. The animated comedy will expand upon the characters and world of the Cuphead video game, which stars Cuphead and his brother Mugman, who make a deal with the devil in a gambling match. CJ Kettler will executive produce for King Feature Syndicate, while Cuphead creators Chad and Jared Moldenhauer will executive produce for Studio MDHR. Netflix Animation will produce a series, which will be executive produced by Emmy and Annie Award winner Dave Wasson. Cosmos Segerson will serve as co-executive producer. I cannot wait to watch this. This is going to be lit. 100% ready for this. This is the best idea I've ever seen. Yeah, this is going to be so freaking good. I we do you know it's going to look like a classic 1930s Disney cartoon, first of all, because the PR said it, but just because that's how Cuphead looked as well. And that alone would get that. That's enough for me to watch it, whether this was Cuphead or whether they decided to make a brand new franchise in that style. I would have watched it regardless. But the fact that it is Cuphead makes me even more excited. Like, that's going to be so good. I can't wait for that. And uh, the the thing that I saw didn't have an actual date attached to it. Are we assuming this is some prime probably 2020? I believe it is 2020 from the news article I saw, but who knows? OK, well, I know the DLC got just pushed to 2020, so it would make sense if they maybe tried to time them to, you know, capitalize on the hype for the game and the show at the same time. So that would make sense to me, but maybe they won't. Who knows? That music right there, though, means it's time for the new releases for the week of July 15th. But first, Metacritic results from last week. Oh, we unfortunately, Sean, you were not here to participate last week. So you just get to sit out and ride this one out. But we did three games last week. First off, we started with Soul Seraph. I said 75. Frank, you said 73. Kyle said 69. 14 reviews on PS4. 53. I saw, the this game got, I saw this game got tore apart. I knew I was losing the Jeez, Louise, that's Yeah, this game got tore apart because it didn't do enough. And that's what everyone is saying. It didn't do enough. And I've yet to play this myself. I, st- I do still want to play it and I will, but I'm not nearly as hyped for it as I was. So yeah, 53, the official Metacritic score, which means point goes to Kyle with his 69 because he was lowest already. Up next, we have Blazing Chrome. I said 80. Frank, you said 68. Kyle said 73. 13 reviews on PlayStation 4. 76, the official Metacritic, which means Kyle, another point with 73, which means you already win this week because we only did three games. So your two hey. points is enough to win this week. The last game we did was Dragon Quest Builders 2. I said 88. Frank, you said 82. Kyle said 83. We were all kind of right in the same area. 48 reviews for the PS4 version. 86 was the official Metacritic, which means point went to me with my 88 but doesn't matter because kyle already won this week with his two previous points as we only did three games what's up boys yeah you've picked Congratulations, up your second kyle. victory you are the big bad booty duty champion of level down games and you big get to pick game. <laughs> <laughs> every week i try to sweeten it you get to pick the uh, official pick this week which it's not a strong week so you only have four games to choose from but let's take a look and see what we have this week. We're skipping over today, Monday, July 15th, tomorrow, Tuesday, July 16th, and Wednesday, July 17th. Nothing in the first half of this week. We're moving straight to Thursday, July 18th. Coming to PC, Nintendo Switch, PS4, Xbox One, Etherborn. Etherborn is an elegant leap in the gravity puzzle genre, an environmental puzzle platformer built on exploring and understanding gravity shifting structures. You are a voiceless being that has just been born into a world where a bodiless voice awaits your arrival. As your first thoughts emerge, you realize your journey has just begun. 
You must reach this ethereal voice to fully understand your own existence. In this world, the laws of physics behave in a way that will bend your imagination. You experience gravity per uh, perpendicular to the surface you are standing on, allowing for creative exploration possibilities in environments carefully crafted as navigation-based puzzles. Travel through beautiful and exotic scenery where each level is an organic puzzle that you need to explore, manipulate, and shift your gravity on in order to decipher the way forward. Metacritic guesses on this one. We did. I know they sent out codes. They sent out a lot of codes because we did get a code for this one. So let's do this one. Metacritic guesses, please, because I do think there'll be a ton of reviews for this. Reveal in three, two, one, go. It's a 70 for oh. me, a 66 from Kyle, a 66 from Sean, and a 69 from Frank. I'm taking the high with a 70. That's crazy. So <laughs> that is crazy. That That's, I don't know. I, 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 I'll play Etherborn. Do you want to review it? Uh, <laughs> honestly, it, it, it wouldn't be fair because I'm not going to be able to put a lot of time into it before. But, okay. but, honestly, but, I, but I do want to play it. All right. Well, you're not getting the review code then. <laughs> this is the one time I wish I had the backup beeping queued up for the soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, 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 no, it's, it's not it's not fair to everyone if, if i were to take the code yeah no. i should have i should have known asking to do something the other game on thursday july 18th <laughs> coming to pc and xbox one welcome to hanwell hanwell once a safe haven from the horrors of the world now a cesspit of anomalous scum explore a dense open world of terror every building a unique location with its own story to tell strung together by the remnants of hanwell there is something deeply unsettling about Hanwell. Unexplained noises, something in the corner of your eye, or laying just beyond the shadows create an atmosphere that will keep you constantly on edge. Monsters roam the streets. They occasionally get into the once protected buildings. What you do with them is up to you. Be resourceful and pick up whatever you can find in order to fight them or run and don't look back. There is an entire city to explore, featuring different environments, each more distinct than the last. From residential homes, old English pubs, parks, stores, supermarkets, and government buildings, all the way to the infamous HCPP Research Center. Each location holds its own... What is that? Hanwell City? Potentially Hanwell City PP. No idea. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> this is easily the best game of the week because I heard you say PP. PP. Each oh location holds its own backstory, leading to your arrival. <laughs> Jump I hold in. my own peepee. <laughs> Jump in, turn out. That's because no one else will. Jump in, turn out the Ooh. lights, and discover the terrifying world of Honwell. <laughs> Brian is cold as ice today, man. I usually am. <laughs> Metacritic guesses right. on this one. We're doing we're doing all four games this week because I'm hoping out of all four of these, we'll at least have two that actually get enough reviews. So Metacritic guesses for this one. Reveal in three, two, one, go. It's a 72 for me, a 77 from Frank, a 71 from Kyle, and a 63 from Sean. And Sean, interesting that you went 63. I actually almost went low 60s as well, but decided to bump it up by about 10. I almost went 62 and changed to 72 at the I last minute. I thought Sean be somewhere in the 40s because he doesn't like horror games. That's true. Sean, yeah, Sean, you know. Sean, 17. <laughs> you, you, know, you know, dog, let me tell you something about being in the broadcast business, okay? Mm-hmm. You play the hits, even if you don't like them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's true. It's true. I am cautiously optimistic for this, though. I didn't even know it was coming out until I saw it on a, a list this week. And once I started reading into it and looked at it, it seems interesting. And I like horror games. So I will yeah, check I like this out. Yeah, the sound out. of it. It seems really cool. It, it really, really does. 
Moving on to Friday, July 19th now, we have two more games coming out this week. First to PC, Nintendo Switch, PS4, Xbox One, Lost Ember. Lost Ember is a story-driven third-person exploration adventure for PC and consoles. With a wolf as your main character and a determined companion on your side, you will unveil a story of loyalty, despair, and betrayal that led to the fall of a whole world. On your journey, you are guided by a companion that used to be part of the old Inrasi culture and witnessed the fall of his world. For thousands of years, he was seeking and finally found you. Through his memories, you will see what happened to the old world, what he has to do with it, and why he now needs your help. Your ability to possess every animal in the world enables you to explore the world in a lot of different perspectives to find hidden secrets and places that played a role in the fall of the Inrasi and hold important memories. I'm very excited for this. It's actually one of my most anticipated games this month. Uh, I've been kind of keeping an eye on it since we saw it last year, I think it was, uh, in a Game Oracles, maybe. Uh, it's It's been a while, but I know I'm intrigued. But that's not saying much because this month sucks. Uh, agreed, this month is definitely light, <laughs> but I don't think it sucks. I don't think the month sucks. No way, man. Fire Emblem. No. I'm ready. Fire Emblem. That's what I was going to say. Fire Emblem this month, so I don't think the month sucks. But Metacritic guesses for Lost Ember. Reveal in three, two, one, go! 74 from me, 87 from Frank, 75 from me, and a 79 from Kyle. It's 87, Frank. Why, uh, why so high? I remember this game. This is the one where you like you, you like jump into like other animals and play the story. Oh, I hit my microphone because I was being animated. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I remember this game, and I I'm excited to play this myself. It was a story game about like being a skin changer. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely interesting the way that they portrayed it, and it has a beautiful art style. So I'm definitely curious to see where this goes. It looks fun. The only skin changer that I like is the Karma Chameleon, and he comes and goes. So Karma yeah. Chameleon. That's that's a bad joke. You know, we should just scratch you, you know, that. Your you, you, loving would be easy if your loving was like my dreams. Thank you. Red, gold, and green. Red, gold, and green. <laughs> that one. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I don't know. You did. Right. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Last game you know this week. You know about the Karma Chameleon? I know about the. I, I know about the. Uh, He's a man without conviction. He's a man who doesn't know <laughs> how to sell a contradiction. Comes and goes. I know about the Carmageddon. I know about the. I love, I love Frank, man. You're the funniest dude in show business. You know that? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Last up on Friday, July 19th, coming to <laughs> Nintendo Switch, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order. Assemble your ultimate team of Marvel superheroes from a huge cast, including the Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy, X-Men, and more. Team up with friends to prevent galactic devastation at the hands of the mad cosmic tyrant Thanos and his ruthless war masters, the Black Order. Then expand your ultimate alliance with the paid expansion pass, which includes upcoming DLC content from popular franchises like the Fantastic Four, X-Men, and Marvel Knights. Metacritic guesses on this one, please. Reveal in three, two, one, go! It's an 83 from me, a 65 from Frank, an 84 from Kyle, and a 69 from Sean. So, this is interesting. Myself and Kyle are in the mid-80s. Frank and Sean are in the 60s. Why such the big split? Take it, Frank. I, for, for one, don't think this game is going to get the, the proper ratings because it's, it's a Switch-only game. Uh, it's not coming out with a full roster, and it doesn't look great. I mean, the, 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 the Marvel game we're all looking for doesn't come out until next year. If, if anyone remembers the these types of games that came out back in the day, whether it was X-Men Legends or the Ultimate Alliances, they got boring pretty quick. And, I, and I'm not saying that to be mean. They're fun, but it's a multiplayer type game. And a lot of people 
probably aren't going to play this multiplayer. I, I, I just that's how I feel. I feel like the game doesn't lend itself well to traditional one player gaming. And a lot of great. reviews come out on one player game people, you know, playing. So I, I don't know. They were great for what they were, but they're not comparing to what's out there nowadays. I just don't feel like this, this, this is a great game. Kyle, why are we sitting in the mid 80s? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm surprised why you guys why, why you guys are so hyped on this one. Why are we sitting in the mid 80s? See if you see see if see if you're thinking where I'm thinking on this. And I, I I again love that you and I are so close because it just means that I never have to really worry about what our review scores I are going to be. I love that we're so game. close too, Brian. Oh, I didn't yeah, know you're like never that. alone. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I wish good. I knew how to quit um, you. <laughs> um, no, who's, hey, the, you know what? who's the big spoon and who's the little spoon? <laughs> I'm always little spoon. Always little spoon. Do you guys know this about me? Did I make my wife little spoon me? I haven't been big spoon in eight years, guys. Huh. And my wife's like six inches shorter than I am. Guys, no, I, okay, okay, hold on. What, what are we talking about? Video games? Here we go, listen. <laughs> we're talking about you, like, we're talking like, about eight you and Jordan's Like eight <laughs> Like eight years ago, I was like tired of my wife's hair, like her ponytail getting in my mouth every time I wanted to like cuddle her. And I was like, this is so stupid. Like, I hate spooning. Why do people like spooning? And she's like, it's comfy. And I was like, no, it isn't. So I rolled over and I pulled her arm over my body. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it is the coziest thing on the planet. And so literally like every single night I get into bed and here comes, you know, six foot tall Bruce, like climbing into bed. And I, and she's asleep always when I come to bed and I grab her arm and just wrap it right over my body out like a child, like a blanket. <laughs> I've been little spoon for years, guys. If you haven't tried it, I highly recommend. What do we? Okay. Um, why are we high on um, <laughs> Black Alliance Marvel Superman? Um, I think I, I mean, I it's it's a long awaited sequel to a beloved franchise. Um, I think that it is only on the Switch is actually going to help. That's why I, that's why I actually think you it's think going so? to be in the 80s. The graphics yeah. don't look great. And Switch owners are very forgiving about that. Yep. True. I think this, is, this is a big franchise in the 360 days. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, and the fact that it is such a big franchise, I think you're going to see a lot of reviews for this. I think we'll, we'll be when we actually do the, the scores next week. Now, granted, it comes out on the 19th. So unless reviews come out early, then maybe we won't have too much to really look at when we record on the 20th. But I think that there will be probably 40, 50 plus reviews for this game. And the general consensus is going to be that it's probably an 80 or an 81. So just bumping it up for the for the people that will probably give it a little bit higher. I'll be shocked if it, if it crosses 70, 75, maybe it will. You know, it, Frank said something that I actually forgot about talking about. You said that it was a big 360 game. It yeah. still looks like a 360 game. That's that's the thing that scares me. That's why it's on the Switch, though. And Switch owners yeah. are forgetting about that. Switch owners don't care. And Nintendo's paid for it. Like Nintendo funded it. it. So why would they care? I, I we're just gonna make like a 360 game. And we're gonna make Nintendo pay for it. It's day old bread. I want fresh. Now, if, want, they, if they had Mario as a as a hero, who knows? Don't put it past him. Oh my! No, I, I, I wasn't joking. Nintendo. Don't put it past him to do that. But pick Mario of the week this week Marvel, goes to you, Kyle. Okay, there's only one game that can be pick of the week this Brian, and it's Super Mario Brothers 2, baby. Greatest game. I'm. It's, uh, let's go. <laughs> We'll do Marvel Ultimate Alliance, yeah. Of course it is, yeah. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 The Black Order is your official pick of the week this week. Uh, have a feeling that regardless of who won, that probably would have won this week. Just because it's like really the only major name game coming out this week. And hopefully it's fun. Hopefully it'll be fun. I will check it out at some point. I don't know that it'll be right away, but I want to at least play this and see what it's like because I really did enjoy the first two. But I quickly want to talk about LevelDownGames.com. 
If you're unfamiliar, we do more than just audio podcasts, so much more. All of our content can be found on our main home on the internet, including new weekly episodes of both Max Level and BG Mania, alongside reviews for the newest release games and accessories, and soon, news pieces will be returning to our outlet as we move into a period where we'll have the time to do so. It actually happens this fall, so please, if you aren't a regular visitor of leveldowngames.com, consider bookmarking it and checking it out every so often. It would really mean a lot to all of us and help us out so much. Podcasts, of course, can also always be found on your favorite podcast app of choice every Monday morning for Max Level and every Wednesday morning for BG Mania. Nintendo Switch Lite finally got confirmed this week. I want to talk to you guys about this. Nintendo, indeed. I want to talk to you guys about this because I've seen a lot of stories at a lot of places and I've read a lot of comments from people on Reset Era, Reddit, message boards across the internet first of all before we jump into things that i've seen what do you guys feel on the nintendo switch Lite? uh i think it looks awesome i'm not gonna get it i don't I know i want it i want it but it's hard for me to justify having it is, is, is the thing because i play my switch almost exclusively you handheld. are yeah i was gonna say you are primarily a handheld player when it comes to switch so so why why do you have a hard time justifying it? Because I already own a switch and it already is a portable system. I mean, this is it isn't that much smaller. It isn't that much more portable. It's awesome. I think it has a longer battery life, but and I want it. I want the other one. I just, it, it, it's a hard sell right now. Yellow seems to be the most popular color. First of all, it really does. That yellow one is sweet looking, dude. I went and I showed my wife about this and, you know, she's not into video games. She plays a little here and there, but she is nowhere near close to our demographic. And she the first thing she said was, so get out of my face. Oh. Yeah. Get the F out of my face. The first thing you said, who are you? The first thing she said to me, who are you? Um, <laughs> who are you again? No, she said, so it doesn't switch like it's it's kind of like a poor man's version of the switch with no reason for a guy who already owns one to even think about getting it. That's the is thing. My, is my it's take a, on it's it. A, it's a switch. It doesn't switch. Yeah. It should be a Nintendo. No switch. Nintendo. No switch. Kyle, what do you think? I like that. It's only $200 and I like the yellow one a lot. And I thought for a second, I was like, does my house need two switches? Because my wife plays it. My uh, four year old is <laughs> Because he pees on it. That's why he wants the yellow, because then he won't be able to tell that it got peed <laughs> on. He won't be able to tell. Yeah. It, it's only a matter of time until that. Well, okay, so my two-year-old has, like, football spiked my Switch into the ground before, and the right Joy-Con is broken. If you ever see me move over to the Switch on my stream, it takes a second to get the Joy-Cons off, because I have to put a pen in the back to release it. I'm not kidding. This is this so is maybe you do want to buy a new one then. <laughs> well, no, I just need new Joy Cons. I just need new Joy Cons. But okay, okay. I have thought about getting a second one because my kids are moving into a period of their lives where they're going to want to start playing it. My four year old asks who all the time. I tell him no because <laughs> this is daddy's toy. Because this is daddy's toy. You little, you little ungrateful bastard. And uh, my wife plays it. And my my kid plays the Wii U a lot and he prefers playing on tablet mode rather than TV mode. He likes that a lot better. And so, you know, with Christmas coming up this year, I don't think a two hundred dollar switch is a bad idea. It, it is a good price point. I do think it it could have been cheaper and it should have been cheaper. I disagree. I disagree because it is an insane system. It is an it is an insane system, but you look at the functionality that they're getting rid of for it's a hundred dollars cheaper than the regular switch, which normally retails at two ninety nine ninety nine. But 
I, I think at one forty nine ninety nine, this would have been a much more appealing handheld version. And we look at like the the three DS, the DS, all of your handheld mobile Nintendo platforms from the past, they've all came in at around 150 bucks. I think the 3DS XL was 200 because it was the XL version of the original handheld model. This is not an XL version of the Switch. So I think that for 200 bucks, it still is a good price. But at 150, they wouldn't have had anybody complaining about it, really. But at $200, think of the power, the power of the system that you're getting. It is in an, I mean, the Switch is not a slouch. You know, it, it's not as powerful as the PS4. It's not as powerful as the Xbox One or their or their successors, obviously. But it is it is not a bad system. It runs wonderfully well. Most games look great on it, honestly. There are some games that really don't. You know, there's WWE. WWE you know, yeah. <laughs> and I had the same idea there. But for the most part, I mean, the system runs great for two hundred dollars. The 3DS, I think, retailed at two fifty when it first came out. That's exactly where I was thinking, Kyle. I, I love that you brought that up. When I and, bought the nobody new bought 3DS it. XL, nobody I bought it. Dude, I still have my my, <laughs> my release day 3DS. Any anybody yeah. that's part of the ambassador program just means that it just I have what, the ambassador program thinking? on my 3DS. What were which, you guys thinking? <laughs> Prime Day is on Monday. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Amazon Prime Day. I'm actually going to buy a 2DS on Prime Day because the day I podcast wa- posts. Yes. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'm oh, buying oh, a 2DS. Oh, yeah. Happy Happy Prime Day. Happy Prime Day. It, you know what? Okay, first of all, Prime Day should have been today, the day we're recording. It should have been. 7, 13, yes. 19, they, all yeah. Prime members. No, they would never put that on a weekend. It's, it's purposefully gone. Frank, Frank, 7, 13, 19. <laughs> all Prime numbers. All Prime numbers, yes. Nerd. I tried uh, to make it seem like a special nerd. I mean, they could have done like 7, 17. They could have, which would have been a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Seven seventeen. So, so, anyways, to get back, hey, 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 <laughs> so I'm, I'm buying it. I'm buying. Okay, back to the first tangent. I'm buying a 2DS on Prime Day to switch all of my Ambassador stuff over to a new system because I don't want to lose it. And my 3DS is getting old. It's getting a little jankety. So, the 2DS is a great system anyway. I love at the 2DS. Two, at two hundred and fifty dollars, I did. I don't feel like I got ripped off on that 3DS. I have. I, I feel like you got ripped off for two hundred fifty dollars out of that 3ds but i've used it so much i've used it so much and it's i i do believe sure now you the have the best handhold system of all time you have used it so mm-hmm. much but there was nothing to play and nothing to use it for for the first year so you spent 250 dollars to play basically nothing but ambassador older titles for that year and actually, games you had on your like ds and stuff actually i watched all of lost while i was at work on my 3ds thank you very much netflix well well, geez, color. I guess I'm wrong. No, uh, you are. For, for the same enjoyment you As got out of usual. that. I got the same enjoyment when I spent one hundred and fifty hundred dollars less for a regular 3DS when they relaunched it because they realized they priced it too high. OK, mm. but I like I say, I, I do feel do you, like but Brian, do you have an ambassador uh, certificate, Brian. I don't give a fuck about the ambassador oh, certificate because it. it means nothing. It means everything. All old games that are half of them are hey, on the NES Classic. You know what? You know what? The, the people who say ambassador program means nothing are the people who don't have the ambassador program. No, it means nothing. It literally means nothing. What can you do with it? Besides say I spent $250 like a fucking idiot on a 3DS when it first came out. Congratulations. You have a piece of paper that says that. <laughs> no, no, I don't do care about that, paper. That, that, that's the sound of jealousy. It's not jealousy, I have, Frank. I have it's 20 games in the zone. 
my my phone just fell because I'm I'm like getting I'm, I'm you're making me you're making me uppity, bro. I have those games. That's the issue. How do you I have, have those, those games? Game. How do you have those games? Because they're not twenty unique games to the ambassador program. Uh, ten of them are unique to the 3ds sure i have them elsewhere oh oh gee well who cares oh well i don't i don't care about if i have a game on 3ds like i said most of the games were nes games or older games that they just handed out like hey sorry you spent 250 here's 20 nes games that you can probably get on a raspberry pi for free uh there was oh, it was GBA oh no i'm advocating too. stealing brian yeah no but i'm just saying what no GBA, not piracy G- gba games too <laughs> To be fair, of course, yeah, it, was, it, was like, it was like half and half. And I don't remember exactly what titles it was. It was like 10 at NES, 10 I think it was GBA 10 and games, 10, yeah. it was something like that. 10 and but, 10. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. But still, that's just not for an extra hundred dollars. That's what you're willing to pay. If I put a, a package together of 10 NES and 10 GBA games, you're telling me you'd give me a hundred dollars because I'll do it right now. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't. But but the system, I mean, I, I played the system in the first year. I I, I feel like there was a lot of games that I played in the first year. I don't remember what they were because that was a very long was, time ago. There was only one first party game that entire year and hardly any three and hardly any third party games. They survived. So somebody who didn't play the hell out of the 10 dogs and 10 cats. That's pretty much all they had, dude. That's it. No, I had. I and Frank, you need to wings. you need to actually stay consistent with your stories. You tell at level down games because you're kind of all over the spectrum. Where mm. your things don't make sense and your your stories don't actually like stay in line with one another. You complained about the ambassador program during revisiting the classics when we actually talked about your story of going to and buying your 3DS at Nintendo World and being so disappointed that you only had Nintendogs to pick. I, Brian, I'm giving you crap. I'm not saying yeah, it's yeah, but if, ever. But if it comes down between me and you, Brian, he's going to pick me. That's all this. <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't. I don't care about that. I just want consistency for the sake of content. What? What? What inconsistency is there? Of course, I, I'm going to call I, you I, out. I, it's only a matter of time before an audience member calls you out for being. I literally said non-consistent. I know, which is why I brought it up because you are inconsistent with that. No, I just think you're a little too sensitive over the fact that you're jealous that I'm an ambassador. You're not. I oh, do you have want, ambassador too, Frank? I don't want to be an ambassador. Yeah, he was. Well, he's proud well, of his Nintendogs. Well. He's look, proud of his Nintendogs. Look what we got here. Oh, no, 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 but, but, but Brian is right. It launched with nothing. It, I was it launched so, with uh, nothing and was hundred dollars too expensive. It, it lost the check. What? So did you buy Steel Diver and Nintendogs? Was that what you got? I I got I got, I got Nintendogs and uh, Street Fighter Four. Okay, see, I got Pilot Wings. I think that was the only game I had at release. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, it released with nothing. Uh, that game blew too. It was not a good Pilot Wings. No, no, it was definitely not a. It was not a true successor to Pilot Wings 64, which was fantastic. But and and and, and I'm not saying that a launch of a system needs to have several games because you go back to like the Nintendo 64 that only launched with Mario 64 and Pilot Wings 64. But those two games were enough to justify the price of the console, especially the revolutionary uh, ability of Mario 64. Nintendo 64 launched with Wave Race, I want to say, too. It did not. Wave Race came later. Ooh. Wave Race was in the first month, but it didn't actually launch in September with the N64. The only two games available day one were Mario 64 and Pilot Wing 64. Okay, I, be- I believe you, but I'm going to fact check. I do believe you. I'm going to fact check. That's fine. Wave Race came like a month or two later. It was available by Christmas time. No, Brian's right. Because I remember getting I, it for Christmas. I hate saying that. I remember getting it for Christmas, but it was not available on day one. It was just Mario 64 and uh, 
pilot wings. And then Cruisin' USA came shortly thereafter as well. But the the N64 was 200 bucks, same price as the Nintendo Switch Lite. So for 200 bucks, the again, the revolutionary ability of Mario 64 was enough to justify that price. The entire reason we went down that rabbit hole with pricing for the 3DS, with pricing for the N64, all this stuff is to say that I still think at $199.99, the Nintendo Switch Lite is too expensive. I think it will sell, but I think it would have sold a lot more had they just dropped the price by another $50. And I think they could have afforded to do so. I think th- I think there's a good way to fix that, though. What's that? And they won't do this. Probably not. But you but you bundle it with a game or you, or you, or you installed on it. Like, you know, you have to give a cartridge, just literally just have it with a game installed. Yeah. And, and that actually brings me to another point, because there's a special Pokemon Nintendo Switch Lite coming out later this year for Sword and Shield, which is excellent. It's like a like a light blue, light pink, gray switch with so excellent cool. decals on the back. It looks very, uh, very cool, but it doesn't include a copy of the game. It should, but it doesn't. I respectfully disagree with all of you. <laughs> okay. All right. But we're disagreeing okay. with each other. How the crap could you disagree with all of us? <laughs> all right. What, what's, the, what's the third platform to stand on here, Sean? Because apparently there is one. <laughs> I am the Ross Perot of Level Down Games, which, by the way, Rest rip to Ross Perot. Love you, dog. Oh, yeah. Big rips to him, dude. Yeah, that's sad, man. So here's the deal. I think that this is a great price point to get in on an already uber successful system of the Nintendo Switch. You're coming out at a time of the year when you have plenty of time to buy it and play any games that you haven't gotten to play already if you're a new Nintendo Switch person, okay? Then you have a stacked Q4 this year, which a lot of those games are going to be played major, like the majority of them will be played in handheld mode. Let's just be honest. Pokemon is a handheld game. If you want to play it on this system on the TV, that's great, but few people will do that. It comes out the same day as uh, Link's Awakening as well, September 20th. Link's Awakening, total handheld game. There's tons of games that are coming out down the pipeline that are great handheld games. They did this at the perfect time, and it's meant for people who don't have one already and may not want to spend $300 or $350 to get all the peripherals they need, but $100 off, that brings in a whole lot of people. So I I think it is good. I think if you're going to compare it to other Nintendo releases that were around the same price point and say that there's not a lot of launch flavor with it, I agree. But this isn't a new system. You know, it, we we said the same kind of crap when they came out with the 2DS and the the new 3DS. But that system lived for years after that and still had all that great library that people could play. So I, I think that honestly, this is the perfect time to do it. And if they do it now and then they come out with a hardware revision a year from now or even a year and a half from now, I bet a lot of people would still entertain that too. So they're going to extend the life of the Switch and make it kind of like the 3DS was. And that's exciting for us current 3DS players because it means that we're going to get more out of our investment. So I I don't know. I think it's great. Had they done this the correct way, I would have entertained the idea of not only buying a Nintendo Switch Lite later this year, but also still upgrading to the Nintendo Switch Pro when it comes out next year and keeping my base model. There's there's there is an alternate universe that exists where I would have had all three. But after, you know, looking at this and really kind of weighing options and Jessica and I just don't need a, a switch light because our, our normal switch can handle that. And we can wait another year for the switch pro to where then, you know, the pro is the one that I always have docked to the TV and the switch regular is the one that she takes handheld. But we don't care about that. 
We not who, in a rude who, way. Who's we? The Nintendo doesn't care about that. I apologize. They don't care about selling the system. They care about you buying the system and then buying tons of games and making tons of money off the games. Because well, if you're not buying the system, then they're not selling games. But true. But they don't need you to buy another one. You already have it. You're going to be a customer regardless. Yeah, that's fu- yeah. That, that's what I was going to get at. Yes. Right. So it in 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 Nintendo's eyes, they don't care if you buy all three consoles because they don't make a huge profit margin off of that. They do, however, buy, make a ton of money off of you when you're already a customer and buy games. This is just to get people in the door. This is not, it, it's, it's a lesser system. Like, why would you want to buy it? Because it's cute? I have a good question here, and uh, I, I think the answer is yes. Uh, is this the death knell for the 3DS? Yes, absolutely, 100%. Yeah, well, we already knew that 3DS was on its way up. I think the Switch was the death knell for the 3DS. I mean, I, it was already dying, but this, this is the official, like, we're done. There's, like, only, there's, just, only, been two, there's only been two first-party games on the 3DS since the Switch came out in 2017. But yeah, this is, wow. this is it. There won't be another one. I mean, there, there, there won't be probably another actual first-party game for the 3DS. I, I do think that's been done since Luigi's Mansion last October, which was the last first-party game we got on the 3DS. But... Kyle, you brought up an interesting point that I that I kind of want to touch on here because you had said your kid football spiked your switch and broke your Joy-Con had does. If that happens on the switch light, your entire switch is breaking because there are no detachable Joy-Cons. Correct. Which is a huge negative because the fact that it's handheld mode is great. The fact that it doesn't, you know, dock to the TV, that's fine because it, we knew that when the actual handheld version of the switch came out, it wasn't going to dock to the TV. I think making the Joy-Cons attached and permanently attached is is a is a big problem <laughs> because those tend to break often. And yes, I get that they break because they are detachable and because they're small. Maybe they'll be more sturdier on the Switch Lite. We don't know yet because we really haven't had too much time to, you know, put into it and really get our hands on it to see how how it is. First of all, the the new D-pad on the Joy-Cons I want on my regular Switch. And Nintendo True. already Nintendo already said that there's no plans to bring the new D-pad to the old model of the Switch, which I think is unfortunate. I think they should release new Joy-Cons with the new D-pad. But if your kid spikes this one what happens probably your screen's gonna crack at that point instead of just the joy con breaking i kill him probably <laughs> he no longer lives with that well you can buy a new one with the life insurance money don't worry about it <laughs> you know you touched on that brian and i think it's i think it's right down the alley i wanted to go down too i think that they need to really address the stick drift problems on these joy con controllers if they're that not going to make it to where you can one. get another one yeah, yeah, that I, has to be obviously that, that's a big issue. And because these aren't detachable, maybe there will be, you know, improvements to it. Maybe it'll be sturdier. I don't really know. Again, until we get our hands on this and really test it out, we aren't sure. But it seems sturdier. Like I said, I love the D-pad, but I don't know. Stick stick drifting could still be an issue. So you we'll can mod your Joy-Cons, though. You, I mean, you can. It, it requires yeah, you can. a lot of fab work, but you can mod it to have the D-pad on it. You totally can. I just it would be cool to have official Joy-Cons with the new D-pad. Agreed. I just want more colors, too, man. And, and exactly. And more colors. But one of the coolest features that I that I really think the Switch has for it was removed for this. And I think that's a a super negative. The HD rumble not there yeah. for the Switch Lite. And you look at all the games that actually utilize the HD rumble. It's in the pro controller as well as the joy cons. I know the joy cons can actually use HD rumble when in handheld mode on your regular switch. So the fact that it's not there on the switch light, that sucks. That's like going back for, you know, like that's with the DualShock one to the DualShock two. 
Like it, it, it is a step back because the rumble is so imperative. Now, I know there probably will be normal rumble. At least I hope so. I'm actually not seeing if there is or not in this uh, press release that I was reading. And I'm actually looking at the polygon.com article for it as well. Uh, does not have detachable joy cons built into the device, proper D pad. And it just has no HD rumble. There has to be there has there, there has to be regular rumble because a lot of games use that as a cue. They do. But that's what I'm saying. What if it's not there? Because it doesn't have to be there. Just because games use it as a cue doesn't mean it's there. Yeah. If you want to play a game that has rumble and you need rumble, you can still use Joy-Con like detachable Joy-Cons as controllers on the Switch Lite. You just need to connect them. That's I will tell you that's That's kind of backwards. Yeah, (laughs) that's kind of backwards. When I go on the airplane, I hook my switch up and it has the joy cons on the sides. And then I play with the pro controller and I and I play during flight. And I often look at the joy cons and go, how stupid do I look like (laughs) playing with a pro controller and having controllers on the console right there? Why did I even bring it? But I mean, it's just kind of annoying to have that there. I, I can't imagine a switch light owner going out and spending the money that they basically would have spent to get a regular switch on separate joy cons. That are retailing at sixty to seventy. I was going to say now you're looking at two sixty for a Switch Lite if you have to buy regular Joy Cons to appreciate Rumble capabilities. They said that stuff just to pe- to to please people. It, it no one's going to do that. Everyone's just going to buy this and play it handheld mode and suffer because of, out of ignorance because they don't know any better. That's just all it is. Yep. I, I, I do think the improved battery life is a is a positive. They're saying it can last anywhere from three to seven hours, depending on the game you're playing and depending on what you're doing. I know the regular switch can only last two to three hours, so it definitely has a, a much improved battery life, which is cool. But that's not enough. Again, that's just not enough, especially with all of the things removed, especially with the price point. Uh, again, at 150, the lack of rumble, I think, would have been a non-issue. Because you realize, okay, they're sacrificing more and more things to to get the price down. And, you know, the the 3DS doesn't rumble. So or does it? I don't think it does. But, you know, you you, they it does. Yeah. What games rumbled in the 3DS? Does it? Smash. Smash doesn't rumble. I don't think my 3DS rumbles. Maybe at least the no, base version. My 3DS doesn't, doesn't rumble either. And really? I know my I know my I know my 2DS doesn't rumble. Are you sure? Are you sure it's not your fat jiggling the system? Brian, come on, this is already a podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna have to take a dig every time. <laughs> Hey, I don't. I don't think it did have rumble, man. It doesn't. It doesn't have rumble. I, 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 I'm going to say it does, and uh, prove me wrong. I, I'll prove you wrong by here's my 3ds, and it doesn't rumble. So there you go, prove you wrong. But I think with with all of that stuff removed, they they should have sold it at 150. And I don't think anyone would be complaining because what I was going to get to when I first alluded to when we started talking about this, a lot of the comments on Reddit, a lot of the comments on Reset Era, these these prominent forums online are very negative on the Switch Lite. There's not a lot of positive stuff on this out there right now because there just doesn't seem to be enough to warrant that $200 price. I think, Uh, you know, honestly, I think we've said it all, but I think that there is a market for it. It's just, it's not the market that you and I are used to. They're, They're just trying to get more people into the family of systems to sell more systems and get more people to buy the upcoming games. You know, I agree with you. It blows that there's not better features or better price point because from a collector standpoint, this really is a must have for some people and it sucks. But I mean, for me, I'm happy to see it come out because that means that Nintendo's willing to continue the, the the trend that they took with the 3DS and eventually release that that boss Nintendo Switch system pro that we all want. So, I mean, it, this is 
this is just one more rung on the ladder to get to that the top of that mountain, baby. So I'm excited for that. But otherwise, I'm not happy to see this. I agree. I think I think Sean hit the nail on the head. The people that are posting on Reddit or Reset Era or Kotaku or us, we are not the main market for this, even though I'll buy one for my kids. This is for I know plenty of people who would happily buy one of these for their kids. Yeah, that's that's what it comes down to is that's literally what it will be best for is, you know, a, a system like that. But for everybody else, I agree with you guys. Probably not worth it. I know I'm for sure not picking up a switch light now, and I will kind of wait to see what Nintendo chooses to do next year with a potential pro version of the switch to determine if I will pick that up or if I just if I just stay with my base uh, switch model until the switch Two comes out. I don't know. We'll see. But that music right there means it's time to move into a little kickstart my heart for this week. Oh, yeah. I think we have a good one this week. I think we have a fun one that I'm hoping reaches its goal. I actually just saw it go up by a a significant amount while I was uh, because I've had the tab open the entire time and it's jumped up a couple hundred dollars. So I know it's picking up. I only put 14 bucks in. It couldn't jump up that much. No, but what I'm saying is that I know it's starting to catch on. It's only been on Kickstarter for a couple days. Still 25 days to go of the time of recording. But we are talking about a game known as Theropods, an adventure game full of dinosaurs. This looks so good. Theropods is a point and click adventure game that combines puzzles with a cinematic story, colorful characters and a retro aesthetic. Oh, and lots of dinosaurs. Travel back to the time when dinosaurs ruled the world and, a little less further back, when adventure games ruled the gaming world. Immerse yourself in a vast, prehistoric world full of dinosaurs constructed with love, pixel by pixel. When the prehistoric village of a young hunter is attacked by bloodthirsty barbarians, she is forced to flee. In order to free her people, she will have to travel through dangerous dinosaur-inhabited lands to seek help. Your enemies may overpower you in teeth and muscle, but in classic adventure game fashion, it's brains over brawn. Overcome obstacles and outsmart your opponents by using the environment as your ally. Vines, twigs, fruits, and eggs will become your tools to overcome challenges. Experience an adventure game that has been lost since the 90s, back when adventure games were at their peak. Characters, dinosaurs, and backgrounds come alive with handcrafted sprites and smooth animations created frame by frame with love and care. A young hunter traveling home to free her enslaved tribe from a tribe of bloodthirsty barbarians, a mysterious spaceman stranded on a strange prehistoric planet with slim hopes of returning home, experience friendship, bravery, and betrayal, all while playing a classic adventure game. So the team are fans of huge, uh, like they're fans of silent narrative games like Machinarium and Goblins, where the dialogue is mostly absent, yet they still manage to tell fascinating stories, immersing you fully into their worlds. Fitting in with prehistoric civilizations, the dialogue takes the form of grunting, and the team has decided to go full out with no text. The lack of dialogue and text creates challenges for the team and it opens up possibilities for creative solutions, such as providing hints to the player, relying heavily on animations and visual cues. So it says here that there is a tricky balance to maintain as designers due to changing the pace in a puzzle game, yet the team is positive it can work because, you know, the action is only in the form of cutscenes. So all of these things that you're able to do are are being handled in a much different way. And I think this just looks really, really cool. I don't know. <laughs> What at do you think, first, it, it looked like a, a poor man's full throttle at first, but now it looks like it's, I don't know, it, it, 
I don't know. It looks like it's it's more of a journey through uh, intuition than anything else. It, it looks fun. What do you think, Frank? I'm sorry, yeah, I stepped on here. Fra- Frank is Frank is a big point and click and like adventure game fan. So this speaks to you, I'm assuming. This is this is this is my heyday of playing games on the PC. Uh, I love all the point and click games to the point that I've already pledged this bad boy. I'm in. Uh, what level are you at? I, I jumped into the early bird level. Uh, so early bird dinosaur hunter. So I got in for 14 bucks. Actually, it's $13.54. Um, I, I can mind. do about 13 50. Yeah. I don't mind winning a the couple extra, years. The, the extra four game. cents kills it. You can't, you can't do that, Sean. The extra four cents is too much. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but like I said, with this being textless, that's actually a pretty cool thing to me. Cause like I said, I, I like looking for clues. It's, it's, it's puzzle solving. Has there ever been an actual point and click adventure game that had zero text? I don't think so. I mean, they're I don't all think like, so either. It's all out of reading. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think there is either. So the fact that they're telling you this story and I love games that forego dialogue and text in it like Virginia, this generation on PS4, it's on PC, Xbox One. It's it's pretty much everywhere now. It's actually included in Origin Access as well. But Virginia has been one of my favorite experiences this generation because of the way that it was able to tell you this compelling emotional story and have you solve these puzzles and have zero text in the game and zero dialogue. Like, it was so cool to me. And the fact that this game is being developed with kind of that same mentality in mind, it's awesome. It's really cool. I can't wait to check this out. This is June 2021, so we are a little under two years away, but it is still quite a bit of ways away. And that that's about right for a game of this caliber because it's going to, you know, with pixel art and how what they have to do here, I assume this is going to take them quite a while to actually finish. But it looks like the cheapest you can get in for this is that $14 tier in order to get a copy of the game. I would like if you guys would all chip in together and we could all just go into the Stegosaurus uh, tier. The Stegosaurus tier is what? Two copies of the, two, it's two copies of the game, early oh, access to the, the that's game. That's the 225 tier. I was trying to look to see what price oh, point so, that was. Oh, it's about 200 euro. Uh, but we can get me added to the game as a villager. <laughs> this goes back to a joke from our uh, our two-year anniversary episode of BG Mania, but are we trying to put the heavy in as many games as possible? Yes. <laughs> hey, I, I actually like the idea of a prehistoric Italian love machine. <laughs> Especially if I'm shirtless and they get to see all this, my man mountain of hair would just glisten in the sun. Man mountain rock! WWF 90s? Was that you, Frank? Why, why do you have to hurt my feelings, Brian? <laughs> what, was, what, what was wrong with Man Mountain Rock, dude? He had long hair. He wasn't that great of a wrestler, but he pretended to play guitar. You pretend to play guitar. I, I, no, I horribly play a bass guitar. <laughs> swapping the bass, man. And I have no hair. Um, Not anymore. Used to, though. $22,500 is kind of what they're looking for, US dollars. They're currently sitting just under 7000 Still 25 days to go. With the trajectory this is going, I, I do think this will make it. Kyle, what are you thinking on this real quick, though? I play video games to escape from real life. And yeah. at home, all, we just communicate by grunting anyways. I have three sons. <laughs> so this sounds this sounds a little too close to home. My home is a, is a prehistoric mess of, of debauchery. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, you know, I'm, of course, I, I, I say that in jest, but we'll see. Well, I, I'm not going to pledge to it right now, but we'll, I'll, I'll keep an eye on it for when it comes out. I also love the fact that the uh, the main character is a redheaded female. It, it's very much inspired by Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn. I can already tell. <laughs> this game is made by a Greek and British person in the Netherlands. So it's very international. It's going to be awesome. 
It's going to be great. And uh, I looked for, I looked ahead to see who the composer was as well. Uh, somebody that I'm not familiar with, Zach Streifel. So we'll have to maybe see if the actual soundtrack would be good as well. Because I do know that some of these, you look at some of these old point-and-click adventure games back from the day, they had some great soundtracks behind them. Hopefully this game can kind of capitalize on that as well. That sound right there means we have slipped into the bonus stage. For newcomers, what the bonus stage consists of is a series of five questions. Whomever is the first to shout out their name and then deliver the correct answer within three seconds gets the point. If you guess and get it wrong, the others have a chance to answer once. If everyone is incorrect, we move on. The person with the most amount of points at the end of bonus stage gets to deliver the final address before the outro. I made the questions sort of difficult this week because I, I realized, Fun. hey, you know what? Sean is coming back this week and Sean is a very smart person and he <laughs> will be able to know the answer to all five of these questions, even though they're super difficult. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. We're ready, Brian. We're Question ready, Brian. Number one. What happened to the citizens of the Mushroom Kingdom in the Super Mario Brothers universe? Frank. Frank. They were turned into blocks. They were turned into blocks. You read the instruction book, didn't you? <laughs> yes, I did. Impressive. According to the Super Mario Brothers instruction book for the NES, when the Koopas first invaded the Mushroom Kingdom, they turned all its people into blocks, which players happily destroy in every level. Dang. Yeah, so we're killing the citizens of the Mushroom Kingdom every time we play a level. I did make question one a little easier, so I was hoping someone would get it, so that way we have at least have a winner for this week. Don't worry, I was, I'm on the episode. We already had a winner. <laughs> Dang! All right, all right, here we go. No, you're rolling. Shut your mouth. I, I, I will say, Frank, I, I say it all the time, Frank's good at trivia. So this this game was, this game has Frank written all over it because it, it, it usually wins a lot, so... Someone needs to someone needs to step up. Come on, Kyle. Get that crap out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Question number two. Man, this this I'm hoping someone else is able to get this besides Frank. I think Frank might know this one too. Question number two. What are the full names of Mega Man's Dr. Light and Dr. Wily? Oh crap, what is nope. Dr. Light? I know I, I, I know Dr. Cool. Wily's name. Um Anybody? Uh okay, uh Frank. Frank. Dr. Julius Light. Dr. Uh, Ivan Wiley? No. I know. Well, if, if you, everyone knows Dr. Wiley's name, go ahead and steal the point. I gave you Dr. Light. Dr. Light's wrong as well. Is it really? Mm-hmm. No one's getting this one. Probably not. Next question. And it, it's a really cool one. Here, I'll give it to you. So Dr. Light is Thomas Light, and Dr. Wiley here. is Albert Wiley. Based it off of scientists, based off of scientists Thomas Edison and Albert Einstein. Einstein made the formula that allowed the creation of the atomic bomb and could be the reason a Japanese developer would choose him as the villain. They also resemble their real-life counterparts in appearance. So they're based off of Thomas Edison and Albert Einstein. Man, Albert Einstein was a mean-looking dude then. That's a good question, Brian. I give you respect for that. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, thanks, pal. Suck it down. <laughs> That's a new one. I actually thought that uh, <laughs> that Frank, you would actually know that. So. I could have sworn. Where did Dr. you Julius get? To, where did you get to Julius from? I he's probably it's probably Doctor Julius something in a video game. Just because it popped in my head, I'm like, I know this. Okay. Okay. Question number three. You can take a guess at this one and maybe get it. 
Question three. Shigeru Miyamoto, the creator of Super Mario Brothers and Donkey Kong as we know, is not allowed to use a particular type of transportation to get to work, as stated by Nintendo. What is the form of transportation that has been outlawed for him? Frank. Frank. He's motorcycle. Kyle. Kyle. Bicycle. It is a bicycle. It's not a motorcycle. It's a bicycle. Sean. It's he a bicycle. It's bike. too dangerous. Oh, so bike is a bike. Yes, pogo that is stick. correct. Nintendo feels it's pogo stick. <laughs> Nintendo feels it's too dangerous, and he is too important to the company, so they asked him never to bike to work. When That's I heard impressive. That, when I heard they didn't want him like doing that because he'd fall off the bike, I assumed it was motorcycle. I, I should have thought because it's Japan that it's actually literally bicycle. So yeah, yeah. Again, I, I've heard that. So um, the que- I'm glad that you guys actually know this because I actually thought that we'd be 0 for three so far. So that that's cool. I'm glad we're actually getting us. But what's interesting here, we now have a tie. One point for Kyle. One point for Frank. Go on, I'll get the next two. I don't know about this. Question number four. What was the name of Grand Theft Auto while it was first being developed, and what genre was the game supposed to be? Kyle. Kyle. Rudy Tootie Shootin' Steely, Western. <laughs> um, I make you no, laugh. No. <laughs> Sean, any idea? Sean, I love that you literally have... You, Frank. You never, you never know anything. <laughs> Frank. I don't know jack crap. Frank, Frank, go. Frank, Frank. We're, we're going to call it Carjack RTS. No. So... Grand Theft Auto was originally a racing game called Race and Chase. However, a glitch made the police cars go crazy, ramming the players off the road. The glitch was so popular with testers that they rebuilt the game around it, creating Grand Theft Auto. Well, good job. Question number five. And uh, hopefully either Frank or Kyle gets this right. No, no, I hope Sean gets this right so we have to come up with a nice cool tiebreaker. That's fine. That's fine. You can keep hoping, man. Question number five. What type of mushroom is the Super Mushroom in Mario based off of? Frank. Frank. Uh, I hope I get this right. Uh, Amanita? Is that how it's pronounced? Kyle. Any guesses? A red cap. Okay, I'm going to give it to Frank. You didn't say the full name, but I'm going to give you the point. Amanita Muscaria is the name of the mushroom. Okay. Oh, that's hella close enough. Jeez Louise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If you would have actually said the full name, I would have given you the point. But, well, uh, uh, actually, Frank, it's an Alanita Muscaria. <laughs> well, there, there is a second There is a second name to it. Oh, yeah, it's, it's the full name. But it's, it's There's a, a second name uh, to me. You never say that. You hallucinate, and like that's the whole idea. Was like, you, the reason you think you're big is because you ate that, that is, mushroom. That actually is correct. Uh, the Amanita Muscaria mushroom makes the users feel as though they are growing in size. But not only that, they also look strikingly similar to the Super Mushrooms in Mario. And this oh, effect yeah. this effect was also referenced in Alice in Wonderland. So Nice. But Frank, you do win this week with two points to Kyle's one to Sean's zero. Hey yo! Would you have accepted Fly Agaric? Amanita Muscaria, commonly known as the Fly Agaric or Fly Amanita. I guess I would have then. I would have had to, they do I would look have like actually had to look that look up. At that. Holy cow. Do they not? They they, they yeah. look almost identical. That's actually yeah. really impressive. Yeah. 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 Actually, I saw that on, um, I actually found all five questions this week from that uh, YouTube channel I watch. I actually was watching some videos over the past week, but uh, the Did You Know Gaming, all five questions oh. came from them. <laughs> so I know that they're correct because I trust them at least. Like, you know, I, I, try, I try to find better sources because of the, cool. uh, the, the mishap from last week with the first game in space. 
But Frank, you did win this week, so you get to deliver the final words. And I and I do know I think you have something for us this week. You kinda, I do, I do. Yeah, you, you kind of said that you might have something if you did win and this I wanna, week. And I want to harken back to, uh, we just talked about the Switch Lite uh, coming out September 20th uh, alongside, is it Pokemon that's releasing as well? Uh, Link's Awakening oh, oh, on the 20th. Pokemon, Pokemon, Pokemon in November. Yeah, Pokemon November. in November. So yeah, um, September 20th is a big day, and I want you all to join us in something really fun. Uh, we're going to be storming Area 51. <laughs> uh, they, can't, they can't kill us all. They can't take us all, boys. I'm going to rip your eye out and piss <laughs> on your brain, you alien <laughs> dirtbag. Sorry. You, you did it. Yeah, uh, please don't do that. Um, we, we, we love you all. I want to keep you going here. Yes, they can kill you all. And they will. And they will. The memes are so good, though. The memes the are memes great. 3,000 3, so awesome. Kyle storming Area 51. <laughs> I don't, uh, poor Kyle, man. You have, you have such an unfortunate name. It's the worst. It's actually the worst. <laughs> pretty, it's pretty rough pretty rough but yeah i i'm i'm in agreement with frank i think that storming area 51 is a is a terrible idea not only is it a death sentence but uh just a bad idea yeah and you will die you will so die instead, instead guys uh here's my play to you september 20th why don't you come out here to long island visit your boy frank uh, we're gonna go over to the montauk lab where stranger things was based off all the crazy stuff that happened there we'll storm that lab okay what if you storm they, they, they can't kill us all what if you storm the bagel brothers or Bagel Boss, or whatever the Look, hell that place you, is you called. Are not, you are not God, you are not my father, and you are not my boss. <laughs> well, Frank, Frank actually got me at the beginning of the show. He's like, hey, Kyle, I need to crash at your uh, at your uh, place uh, in September for a night. And I was like, yeah, no problem, dude. He's like, I'm going to be storming Area 51. <laughs> <laughs> does, does that actually, is that planned for that to be in September? So is that September 20th. Yeah, September 20th. Uh, is it really September 20th? Yes. Are people, so they're going to love the aliens by then, you dummies. Are people that upset by uh, the Nintendo Switch Lite that they just want to go kill themselves at Area 51? All I know is we live in such a great time in American history. It's We're going to see aliens, guys. If you're going to do it, take out all the debt and credit cards you can and enjoy life, because I got to tell you, you're going to die. <laughs> Those <laughs> dudes don't miss, so, man. So, so, so uh, Sean is advocating for Project Mayhem. Awesome. <laughs> if you're going to do it, do it right. That's what my Grammy always said. Live it up. Live it up. You only have two more months to live if that's the case. So live it up for your last two months. Uh, just just remember, if you're listening and you're part of the plan to storm Area 51, they are authorized to shoot on sight, and Sean is right. They do not miss. They will kill you, and they will do it legally. <laughs> but that is going to do it for this week. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of Max Level, made possible by leveldowngames.com. And thanks Whoa. again to Dance with the Dead for all the awesome music. Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to show your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. We'd also be grateful if you could drop in over to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash level down games and subscribe to us there. And if you haven't already, while you're at it, hit up twitch.tv forward slash level down games and click that follow button. Stalking us on social media is perfectly acceptable. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and place to do so. Check the description box for the appropriate links. Forgot to mention it. If you want to follow someone that is live often on Twitch, because we're not live often, twitch.tv forward slash Bruce underscore deduce. That's B-R-U-C-E underscore D-E-D-E-U-C-E. Every Tuesday, every Thursday, every Saturday or Sunday. Streaming at Dead by Daylight. And actually, it's basically just been done by Daylight and Super Mario Maker 2 over the past several weeks. And uh, that's a great, great games to play, in my opinion. So quality content. Yeah. Keep it great up. Content, keep it up. Yeah. Keep it up until uh, I don't know what your next big game that you plan on streaming is. But I think you could probably survive with just Dead by Daylight and Mario Maker 2 for the foreseeable future. But there will probably still be some Rocket League thrown in here and there. Uh, again, all the links you can find in the description of the show. 
until next week, keep gaining experience until you reach Max. Max. Time to put on the beer goggles. Put on the beer goggles. Speaking of beer goggles, watch an angry pug stream last night. Holy (laughs) crap! (laughs) When he takes shots, dude, the night falls apart real fast. uh, Oh man, it was it was rough. Great guy though. Yeah, yeah. hilarious content. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah.